Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Start. Welcome to Backchat uh, with a parenting fail today, Dan. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that. parenting. I want to ask your advice. Tried mm-hmm. to teach Nash how to ride a bike today. Yep. Had the uh, training wheels on the side. Good start. Um, good looking bike. You saw it on the way. Yeah. In. Better than my bike. It, it's actually too good looking. Probably for fit a first it too. Nash is yeah. a mountain. <laughs> so chucked him on. Got him going, doing really well. Pedaling, steering. Helmet on? Yeah, helmet. Yeah, yeah. Hang, hang on, hang on. No, I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> Calm down. Yes. Right. So he goes down a hill, and it's not a big hill, but I thought, all right, I see him staying the crash. And in my mind, I think I can either grab him, I was close enough to grab him, or do I let him crash and just let him yep. learn about fight or flight? Get him back on the, and get back on the horse. Yeah, sure. Or, or the bike. Mm-hmm. Crash badly, quite a big crash. Uh, my wife will be hearing this for the first time. Yeah, it was a big crash. Uh, yeah, tears, splinters all through his hands. Did not go well. Um, were you taking him down to the timber yard or something? Oh, uh, it was like he crashed into, there was a bark on someone's side avenue. Yeah. And um, okay. anyway, did I fail there letting him crash? Should I have caught him? Oh, look, you had the helmet on. That's, yeah. just, that's look, kids are. knee pads and elbow, but I'm not, again, I'm not. Yeah, no, not I work for the ABC. <laughs> Um, no, you didn't. You did the. I think you did the right thing. Right. He's a tough kid. Okay, he is. Yep. He's a Schofield. All right, we'll give you an update next week on back chat. See how that's progressing. How's the pedaling going? No, it's going well. Yeah, he's good. going well. Uh, I had to push him for the entire rest of the journey, and then I had to carry the bike for the way back. <laughs> yeah. So it did not go well. Anyway, back chat. Here we are. Welcome. Um, as we've been saying the last couple of weeks, we've redone our social handles. So to our graphic designer Sam's disgust, we Hates are. It. At backchat double underscore across Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit. Uh, look, I don't know what goes on over there. Like, just leave it to me. Forget about didn't it. Didn't you get banned from Reddit? I'm back. You're back. Yeah, you got banned. I got banned. You're it w- back. Yeah, I'm back. So I've been posting again. First thing I did as soon as my ban was lifted, posted more backchat. It seems content. like a strange community that you get banned for. Are posting things that people would be interested in. It, it doesn't it's seem self-promotion. Like quite you can't do it apparently. So yeah, sure. Let's just repost other people's things. That makes sense. Whatever. Did, uh, so when you got banned, Bit we actually that. said, okay, Dan can't post. We'll get Charlie to post. Yep. Um, what have you done there, Charlie? Yeah, how'd you go with that? You, you go quite well. So I posted one thing, 
and immediately I get a message saying something like you're on probation or something. We're watching <laughs> suspension. you. Suspension. Like, why? How do, they, how, do they know, how do they know you with Bacha? Now, here's my theory about this. Is I know. First of all, is my Hang username. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, this is it. What, what did you say, th- say your theory first? No, my theory is is because so Dan and I have both posted, and I've actually posted Bacha videos from two different accounts, oh. and we've all interacted with each other's posts. Yeah, it's, so like um, it's a web. Yeah, ca- and so they've... They've identified the network. Right. So that's one theory. What yeah. would the other possibility be, Charlie? It possibly could be because my Reddit name is Backchat Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. And they're like, oh, Backchat, Backchat, there you go. So Dan gets banned from Reddit. And if you're not involved in Reddit, neither am I, so don't worry too much. But Charlie tells me he's been banned from Reddit. What's your username, Charlie? A Backchat Charlie. Yep. I made um, it before Dan was how did banned. You, how, did you, how did you come up with that, Charlie? It took me a while, actually. Oh, boy, yeah, oh, boy. Gosh. Um, okay, so we're on Reddit. That's doing that thing. You can email us, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. We're on YouTube. You're watching us right now if you're on YouTube. You're listening to us. You can find us on YouTube. You can watch us. Pretty sure it's just Backchat. If you, you find it. Yeah, that's right. If you're not sure what I look like and you've only ever seen the illustration that we were given once um, to make it look like I'm Clark Kent and musclier and more handsome than you, it's close, but the size is not completely accurate. If you have seen what Dan looks like, it would have been either from YouTube or <laughs> the one photo that's ever been used by Dan Cons. What yeah. is it? Something is it like the guy from um, How I Met Your Mother that he only takes good photos? You know, um, Barney. I've never seen Barney. The series. Thank you, Charlie. You've yeah. never seen the series. No, that's, um, that's a weird one to miss. I'm waiting for How I Met Your Father, the new, the it's reboot. Already out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, definitely not watching That's it. a thing. Yeah, they yeah, made a yeah. reboot. It's got Hillary Duff in it. Oh, Holy definitely watching that. Shit. Big fan of Hillary. I love back chat intros. They're just <laughs> um, so, so someone, anyway. Someone took a photo of me about four years ago, mm. and it's the only photo I've ever used for my all of my profiles. So Sam, our graphics designer, said, well, he didn't really, but he said, can we get it some new photos of Dan? I said, great. So mm. you sent another one through. It was taken five years later. It looks exactly the same as the one five years before. You've got the same face, same facial hair, yeah, everything. Same glasses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Um, Patreon. Um, look, we've got some nice little bonuses coming along for the Patreon crew. Mm-hmm. Ticked over 100 subscribers, 100 patrons. Yeah, it's big. Big areas. All thanks. Do you know who number 100 was? Do, the guys behind the cams don't. Do you? Yeah. We were both, all three of us were there when it happened. We're building a great little team here at Backchat, and I couldn't be more thankful for the guys helping us out, put this all together. Um, Indy started uh, helping with some of the socials we're putting out there. Mm. Indy's the 100th subscriber. Yeah. And she hasn't come tonight. She's not here. That's okay. For me to give her shit, because that's what I would have done. We, we had a little video conference where we were just giving some handover notes, and uh, we were like, oh, we're on 99. She goes, tell you what, I'll flick you over to 100. All right, she if you want to get on Patreon, if you want to become a patron, subscribe to the – sorry, support the podcast. You, mm. you can subscribe to Patreon. You can find that on our website, uh, backchatpodcast.com.au. That'll also lead you into a bit of fantasy action, which – May or may not sound a little bit interesting if you don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, you can do that. And we do really appreciate all the support we've been getting from those guys. So get over 100. I'm the, pretty. The, the fantasy tournament's going to be elite. Yeah. Yeah. So if and you've joined for that reason, you've done good. Um, we're still working on a camera for Charlie and the crew behind the cameras right now. Um, I would like to make that happen in the next couple of weeks, Dan. Is that possible? Uh, a camera? For yeah. The lovely people putting this together for us? Sure. I will You sound ecstatic about that. Okay, we're going to try that. Whippersnapper's still with us. They're exclusive 
whiskey suppliers of the podcast. And we're going through it. It's that I, good. I've got to be honest, didn't think we'd be drinking it as quickly as we are. Had a bit of a discussion about the end of the podcast. It's going to be loosening up a little bit. Mm. Going through about half a bottle of whiskey an episode. Mother's milk, as they say. <laughs> Very smooth stuff from Whippersnapper. Very good. They're, they're in East Perth, so right around the corner from your work. Yep, and... They're open to. They're literally open from like eight or they've seven been treating, to five. They've been treating you very well. Yep, I've and heard. you can go there for coffees all day, and a little tipple of whiskey if okay. you feel up yeah, to it. Yeah, okay, very good. Um, and the last one, just on this intro, beers mm. with back chat. Indy's not here, but she's going to put a poll up on Instagram. You got to have a look at our Instagram uh, profile, back chat double underscore. We want to know who's interested in beers for back chat. I want, I want expressions of interest. I want EOIs. Can we also put in a night? It, may have to be beer, it might have to be whiskeys with back chat also. But yeah, that's fine. Um, a night. So, okay, so you want, are you interested, yes or no? And you would like, these are the dates. Yeah. Are you available? Yeah. Look, if no one's going to come on a Monday when we usually record this podcast, we're not going to do it on Monday. Well, we're not doing it on a Monday. I'll tell you that right now because yeah. we're recording. Yeah, there okay. you go. So Mondays are out. Yes, but just, I'm just, you know, there's seven days I'm going to pick okay. from. Of course, pick well, I just wanted to let people know that it's well and truly on the agenda of the Backchat family, mm. beers slash whiskeys with Backchat. Yeah. Why, yeah. Let's, can we put a date on it? By, like by a certain date? Well, no, I'll, the polls are out this week. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get the yep. polls in. We get the interest. If no one writes back, we won't do beers with Backchat. Mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a little inkling that there could be some interest in a couple of beers with back chat. Yes, definitely um, Okay, all right. So let's get to this week of sport and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to start with NFL, is that right? It's the time of the year. Uh, Super Bowl's coming up in a couple of weeks. Had the uh, prelims, effectively, um, the uh, championships, the AFC and MSC championships. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? The LA Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. First time in 33 years. Yeah, they're like the um, Frio Dockers of the NFL, Sammy and Charlie. Not Sammy, Charlie. Sorry, sorry, (laughs) Sam. Uh, Charlie, you're going for Cincinnati. They're they're like the Frio Dockers. I guess I'll have to now. I don't think they've won a flag. I don't think they've won a premiership. I don't think they've won a Super Bowl. Um, Charlie will check that right now. But they've come from the wilderness a little bit. They, they, They won four games last year. So yep. there's 16 games in an NFL season. They were bad. They were very bad last year. Their quarterback did their AC, did his ACL, but he's back, and we love, love him. him. And he, he could oh. actually be a bit of a back chat he's kind of guy. Fan. He's a kind of guy. Yeah, LSU quarterback. Yeah. yeah, Heisman winner. Just the coolest guy ever. He won the uh, college championship. Yep. and uh, proceeded to smoke cigars in the locker room post. Yeah, like these, very cool. Some of these cool guys guy. are kids He's when they're a cool dude. Yeah, yeah. As they say. Smoking Joe. Mm. I think we should get around him here at Backchat. I think he yeah. could be the guy we get around. Not interested in the Rams. Cincinnati ever won a Super Bowl? They have not. But okay. there are apparently about a dozen uh, NFL teams that haven't. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. There's there's like thirty two teams, so it's it's different to the AFL, but they're still like the Dockers. And the other team, LA Rams, uh, that's Matt Stafford as the quarterback. He's got a bit of a weird story. Come from another team, Detroit. Um, everyone used to bet like De- Detroit's been very bad for a very long time, and he's been their quarterback for a very long time. Always thought it was Stafford's problem. Moves to a new team, first year, new team, Super Bowl. Yep, gonna be a good game. The Forty Nine ers, and no, we don't usually get into too much sport, but the Forty Nine ers. Sort of choked it a bit. Yeah, they butchered it. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo used to be little Tom Brady's little um, understudy. Yeah. Um, had the opportunity to take a game-winning drive, win yep. the game for his team. Butchered it. Yep. And also on defense, 
they dropped a pretty easy interception that would have probably put them in a position to win the game. We're going to have a little bit of betting element. I've been teasing it over the last couple of weeks. We're going to do some fun bets. So, Super Bowl, they have – well, the NFL, they have a week off after the last week of finals, and then they play the Super Bowl. So, next week, we'll have some little – Multis on the Super Bowl. I yeah, think. let's do that. Let's let's kick it off with a good one with the Super Bowl. Joey Burrow is going to be our boy, though. Yeah, tell you that right 100%. now. Um, now uh, you may or may not have been watching the tennis uh, over the weekend. Um, Ash Barty, of course, very yes. good stuff from the Aussie legend. Humble, gracious winner represents everything that Australians want to be. But on the court, just Terminator. Yeah, gun. just destroyed every opponent. Um, so let's put that in one side. The other mm. side is the special K boys, so Kyrgios, Kokonakis, and Medvedev. Look, Medvedev didn't win against Nadal, but I'll put them all in the same box. They're all character-driven guys. Now, yeah. people hate them. Do you hate them? Do you, do, how, how do you feel about uh, them as sports people, those three people? So Nick Kyrgios, just, you know, he can do whatever he wants. He's very successful. Yeah, He's made a lot of money. No, he's not going to ask Dan what, what he's going to do. I just wish that, like... He was just a little bit better as a person or a guy. No player. Like I just, oh. I feel like he does. Like he's got. He's so talented. I just wish. Like I don't know if it's a commitment thing, a mental thing. He just like seems like he doesn't have the same sort of chutzpah as like some of the some of the big dogs. He doesn't seem like he has the commitment, but maybe that's just him. That's yeah. what I kind of been saying. He's like maybe that's just athletes, and we we want insight. We want to see what makes them tick. We yep. want more, more, more. And Kyrgios and Medvedev, you can see them like they're right there. They they suck when they lose points. They carry on with the umpire. Yeah, I know that's not ideal role modeling for kids. It's not um, a great look for the sport at times, but it's also who they are. So. Mm. I don't know. Because didn't Kyrgios say once when he was in the US Open, he's like, if I win the US Open, I'll never play tennis again. Yeah. I like, mean, Nick Kyrgios has said a lot of things as mm. well, though. He runs his mouth a bit, but I don't mind it. Like, it's who he is. I do love, um, and I think he has obviously had success in the doubles. I think he just needs an extra hype man. He needs that guy to help him out. And they, um, Sorry, that was a fly. Yeah, that was a fly. Uh, very entertaining with doubles. Um, what I want to talk to you about tennis is, though, something that I noticed, and Kyrgios does it a little bit, Medvedev complained a couple of times, just the silence factor of tennis, right? Mm. So the crowds get rowdy, especially when Kyrgios is on the court, um, when they're playing. What's that arena when you sort of like just pay a $10 fee? Yeah, and, like in the, in the, in the, yeah. around the grounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Outside courts. Do, why, why do we let tennis players get, a, like, get away with needing the crowd to be quiet? So you've played in front of 100,000 people. I actually don't get it. I actually don't understand. Like, you're playing a sport. There's a crowd there. And it's the same with golf. You know, you've got to be quiet. There's is a there, tradition. There's it, a tradition, but is it, like, concentration? Can you not concentrate unless you're silent? Like, that, that seems like a bit of a cop-out. That's what I've heard from tennis players, is they need to hear the, the way the ball comes off the racket. Well, how's yeah. that any different to cricket? Like, no one's no one's asking for silence as the, the spinner's coming into bowl. Yep. Would have been good to ask Mitch Johnson last week if... As a bowler or a batter, it would be any advantage if the crowd was silent. I would think it's worse. You've seen what happens in crowds um, over in uh, the AFL when they cull them because of COVID. The quality of the game goes down. Yeah. So maybe we should actually get some games going in the tennis, in golf. Like they, they have, they the have crowds are hyped. Yeah. See what happens. In, I think they're precious. In basketball, when the home team is shooting free throws, usually it's dead quiet. And that for me just feels unsettling. Oh, they do the old reverse. They're just side. like, yeah, but when it's you know opponent, they're cheering, booing and stuff. 
you know, I don't know the the, the uh, mental side behind that, but just the I don't know. Are we letting them get away with being too quiet? Is it a bit soft? The traditionalists will say that the the uh, quietness from the crowd is about respect for the game and the teams and the players <laughs> and the umpires. Oh, I think let them go. I'm glad you agree with me on this. I thought you'd actually be on the no, a bit of hush. Let's let's just, let's respect the game. Yeah, watch the darts. Oh, that's insane. It's, it's not, it's not they very. Got, they got to concentrate. They got to hit a tiny little target. Yeah, they also drink and get as drunk as possible and smoke as yeah. many darts as possible to be able to get himself in focus. That's fine. Do do do. You okay with this? Like this is very very undan. Like it's, it's what not very within the rules to be yelling out while people are serving and oh, it's the different umpires. I don't want someone to like as they're about to serve go like. You're a dick. Or like I don't know, like that sort of stuff. I'm not about that, but just the crowd, like applause. And I stuff. think you'll find it. I think you'll find it difficult to police that if you say to crowds, "Hey, do what you like," but also don't put people off. Yeah, I think if you give them a license, they're going to take it. And run all right, well then it can go for both people. All right. Um, just finishing off on the tennis, Ash Barty. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not. She had she had a picture with the trophy. Uh, it's not the Rod Laver trophy. It's a different type of trophy, isn't it, Charlie? Um, but it was a photo, like, right post-game, and she's holding a beer. Well, like, great, Aussie. Yeah. Aussie girl drinking a beer. Probably hasn't had a beer in months. Aussie girl drinking a beer. It's a bloody corona. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Depends. Is that what she likes? Maybe Look, she's been hanging out for a corona I put months. it on back chat. I was given some feedback that that's what she does like. She's a corona girl, apparently. Okay. I, I feel bad for Ash Barty. Like, that is just a – like I said the words, it's cat's piss. If you need a lime to put with your beer, it's probably not a great tasting beer because you're just drinking lime. You've been going on of, what? You've been going on about me. Maybe not. This isn't like me, you know, wanting the crowd. To be honest, it's not like you to care what other people want to do. Sorry. Well, if she wanted to have a Corona. So be it. Who okay. cares? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to die on this hill either. What if she doesn't really love beer? I would just, just be very surprised one. if that's her favourite beer. No one's favourite beer is Corona. Is a it? lot of people love Corona. Why? Vin Diesel. Do you? Vin I hate Corona. <laughs> you know, isn't he? Like, I know who Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, but is, I'm pretty mate. sure he has that like, written into his contracts that like he gets Coronas in Fast and the Furious. Like he's always like Corona's family. Like I don't know, it's just the, the two words that he says. <sighs> I'm sure he loves Corona. And look on it that up. Note. Jay, look it up. Corona. No, no. What did I ask you for? The name you, of the trophy. So it's Daphne A. Curse Memorial Cup. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you are right, though, that he does have some contract thing. Yeah. It's in all of the Fast and Furious We're movies. We're talking about Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah Vin Diesel Sorry. always has a Corona in his hand in these yeah, movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is just hilarious. Good marketing. Terrible beer. Yeah. That's why they need to do that, because it's a terrible beer, and they're trying to bluff people into thinking it's a good beer. Now, let's pivot into fantasy. Yes. Uh, been speaking about this a little bit. If you want to join the Back Chats Fantasy League for your chance to win two grand final tickets to the 2022 AFL Grand Final, it's a stupid price. It's stupidly good. Thank you. I was like, hang on a second, mate. No, no, it's dumb. It's dumb that we're giving away two grand final tickets. Yeah, I can't it is it. a little bit dumb, but I think it's worth it. I think mm-hmm. we can build a little bit of a community. It'll be a bit of fun throughout the year. So to join, you need to be a Patreon. You need to be a patron. On Patreon. Why do I get them confused all the time? Very different things. You're an athlete. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Uh, so you got to sign up to Patreon. So you got to sign up to Patreon <laughs> and be a patron. Yeah. So you can do that on the, on the website, yes. backchatpodcast.com.au. You can do that on 
any of our socials. Got a few links that float around there. Um, you can find that there. So you sign up, five bucks a month. That gives you the opportunity to win grand final tickets. I think it's a pretty yep. good deal. Five dollars a month over six months. The duration of the AFL season is thirty dollars at a chance to win grand final tickets. And if you're that good at fantasy, you've got a good chance. How much length have you got to that microphone over there, Charlie? I think this is a four meter cable. Have you are you able to pass it over to Cat by any chance? Now, um, talking about fantasy, I have asked all of the members of this podcast to join up. Have you joined up, Dan? I have, yes. Have you? Don't lie to me. Remember I told you my team name. You loved it. Sam, have you signed up? Are you signing up right now? You He's look on like his phone. Uh, he hasn't signed up. Cat, have you signed <laughs> up? I've downloaded it. Cat has downloaded the app. Okay. So she Step doesn't one. know the lo- she doesn't know the league login though because she's not a, not patron. a patron. That's fine. I and think I, our team, I think we can give the I team need a name. I need to decide on a name. Okay, okay, this is Cat. Cat's doing a lot of our camera switching. She's involved in the back end with Charlie. She's a producer. She's an absolute gun. Cat mm. needs a fantasy name. Okay, help her out. All right, there you go. Generally, it's it usually like a football pun or a player's name or something like that. Yeah, so. You need to build a team. And to do that, you need the league code. And to do that, you need to be a patron on Patreon. So get going, Cat. There's 39 teams in there, Dan. I mean, I've got one for her. Coming right up. Geelong Cat. Very good. Yeah, very good. Okay, Charlie's yeah. okay. Charlie's that's, at number that's an one. option. All right, yeah. that's an option. That's yeah, option. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one to be. It's not a good option. <laughs> this is okay, coming Sammy from this, not a good this is coming from the man who's named his Reddit username <laughs> has back <laughs> chat Charlie. Poll on Instagram. All right, yeah, poll, on Instagram. poll on Instagram. All right, someone write that down. Let's get Charlie that going. Knows. So there's 39 teams in our league on AFL Fantasy. We'll do a cull of anyone that's not a patron. Just so if you listen along, you've snuck in there, you've somehow got the league code from a mate, pass it on. You're not a patron. But you, the best thing is, you you're going to do... One, or I can delete anyone I want. And what's what's the other best thing? No, the best thing is that we will literally wait till the final. Like, if you Second, win... Yeah. No, if oh, you win... We'll leave them And in. you're not a patron for the, for the duration, okay. then sorry. Okay, we will know, and uh, it's not that hard to find out. So, sign up to patron. It's not that hard. And, mm. uh, yeah, thank you. Yep, too easy. Happy with that? Oh... oh. Before I finish on fantasy, yes. Selby Lestia, he's won in 2017, 2018. Moira's Magic. He uh, won the, like, the, the whole... Oh, yeah, thing. he won two cars in a row. Uh, so he knows Ridiculous. what he's doing. He runs Moira's Magic. They're Australia's leading fantasy uh, suppliers of information, right? He, he runs a little private subscription service where you can get the lowdown on how to sign up, how to do your thing. Cat, I'd be signing up ASAP because it sounds like you know nothing about fantasy. But that's all right. Moira, magic. Moira's magic. Selby the steer. He'll be joining us on back chat quite regularly with some little nuggets of fantasy. You happy with that? Love it because I'm going to need it. Yes, you are. Yeah, look, look. I don't have. I don't hold great uh, hopes for the members of the back chat podcast community, um, including myself. I don't think I'll win it, but I will be entering. And if I do win it, I'll be taking the tickets. Just so you know, this isn't a like you can't win it if you're involved because well, there's no there's no advantage. I can't I can't dock to the scores. I think fair game. Well, I can't play. Stop looking at me like I, like I haven't said a word. I know. I can see <laughs> in your eyes. All right. That's enough for fantasy. That's it. You know what come up, coming up next? You know what we have coming up next, if I can speak properly. I know, but they don't. Tom Brass on back chat, live in studio. First, uh, well, first player for a while that's still on the list. Mm. We've done a lot of ex-athletes. Ex-players. Last one since Oscar Allen. Yeah. Sorry, first one since Oscar Allen. You know what? I'm going to say I'm going to do it now. Just keep me accountable. We do have Oscar Allen on tape, on video, mm. ready to go. 
Should we release that on YouTube? We'll, we'll do we'll do a release on YouTube, even though it's old and people probably listen to the podcast. Put it up on YouTube. All right, Tom Barras coming up. All right, very excited. Join in studio in the back chat hub den uh, cellar, whatever we're calling this thing. By cave, cave, none other than West Coast Eagle, current listed West Coast Eagle, Tom Barras. Thank you for having me, Will and Dan. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well, thank you. I'm now, well. I want to see how well you can park your media training, and we want to get the real Tom Barras out here today. Is that possible? Yes, that is it's good. possible. It's good. It's good. Um, so we are we are very happily supported by Whippersnapper. I do want to mention that off the top. Have you ever had Whippersnapper whiskey? No, I haven't. But We've I, had to keep you off it today because you are in training. I'm assuming that's a big disappointment for you. No, no, mate. I'm happy with my waters. I'm just keen to get into, be get hap- into it. But you'd be happier with Whippersnapper oh, I would whiskey. be happier with Whippersnapper whiskey, there you go. without a doubt. <laughs> and um, once I have it, I'll be able to recommend it for sure. Okay, good. Yeah, good. Well, well, just that, hear it from us. You trust Great. me, don't you? I trust you, Will, all right. most of all. Do you all trust right. me? As my third row defender. Trust me, too. Dan, you're looking a bit sketch, but <laughs> That's right. you can earn my trust. All right, I'll uh, earn it today. It's a good whiskey. You can start with that. Okay, great. Mm. Right, so the first question we ask uh, any guests that we have in here, is your greatest sporting achievement, not on the AFL field, but we, we don't – look, you're a great AFL player. You've been playing footy for a long time. Good for you. We don't care. We've talked to a bunch of footy players. Yeah, all the same. We have one on the show. Dan, yeah. he's right here. Could be near Bombers. <laughs> so, what's your greatest sporting achievement not on the AFL field? What have you done with yourself? My sporting career outside of footy wasn't too long or decorated. What about as a kid? What about as a junior? I mean, I, I won the under-nine state championship in the hurdles. Quite quick, actually, Dan. Right. No, well, I was... A bit of a cricketer for a bit there. I played two seasons of cricket and I made a 37-ball duck <laughs> once <laughs> against districts. It was hooping everywhere, to be fair, and we got all out for 20-odd. Were you opening the batting? I was opening the batting. Oh, and that was, you know, sometimes I made runs. That is perfection. That, what else? Uh, and other than that, I used to skateboard a lot and I was quite a handy skateboarder. Does that classify as a sport? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we got 1991 skate shot with Yeah, alright. Oh, not well, that I've ever skated in my life. <laughs> I can try the hip at Leedy. Or know. maybe uh, I don't know what that means. You don't know what that means? Tray flip the, flip the like it's like a hip. I, was, like I have a big sk- yeah, you two skate sort of yeah. two sort of <laughs> ramps like that together. Sam knows like a grind. Yeah, good. Nah, like no. a like a like a jump, oh. like a fancy jump. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, maybe I don't think I hit too many rails around Perth. Like my younger brother Ted, so I'll stay away from the rails. Okay, yeah. good. So to, does um, that count? Is I that, used to kick flip the five yeah. stair at uh, the TAFE in Leadville. Is that me? Really? There, yep. see. Yep. Gee, there you go. Nice work. Nah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take that. I'm going to take your 37 ball duck as, as one of the greats. That'll actually go down as one of the greats. We had Andrew Bogut on, and he beat Phil Helmuth, who's a professional poker player in a game of poker. I, I put that up with that yeah, 37 right. ball duck. It takes skill to stay in for that long and not make a run. Mate, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It really was, man. <laughs> and I hit a couple nice strokes, but to the fielder and then eventually I think I snicked it. Alright, I want to start with this one after that. So we always start with that question and then there'll be a lot of people that are wondering on the answer of this and we've built this up a little bit. A bit of a saga here on Back Chat. I'm just going to get straight to it. Are you the morph suit man? <laughs> <laughs> do, 
in, in, you, in your younger days, were you or were you not a morph suit man for the Perth Wildcats? Look, I have to own up with the audience. I was a morph suit man. <laughs> you were? Yeah, you're Please tell right me at him. everything about that. Well, how did that come about? How did it come about? How uh, old were you? So, how much were you getting paid? I must, healthily, it was, good, it was a good gig. Really? Um, yeah, I was, must have been 16 or 17, maybe younger, or maybe just, yeah, no, nah, I reckon that's about spot on. And a girl that I used to see, her sister worked in marketing for the Wildcats, and occasionally she would say, hey, we need some morph guys. Wasn't a hype, it wasn't yeah. even a demand. <laughs> nah, yeah, well... You know, um, so me and the boys, I'd bring a few of the boys and we'd go down and chill in this little nice, like really cool dressing locker room. room. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Drink Gatorades and get paid about 150 bucks <laughs> for a couple of hours. And um, it was work. It was, you know, you're in the, you're in, once you're in the morph suit, it's on. We've got listeners all around the country. So to explain what the morph suit do I mean you would know better than most Perth mm. Wildcats games here in Perth they're packed out big stadiums yep. it's, they, a, it's the best in the NBL in terms of atmosphere yeah, what, they love the a show. Mor- what do the morph suit men do and do they still exist yeah they, they still exist they hype up the crowd and hype were, you, were you pre-boxer shorts or post-boxer shorts I, I think I was because you would I have think I was pre there was there's early a photo days, on my Instagram archived. Really? Yeah, that, need, that'll that. tell us the answer. There was a period of time when they first introduced them where they didn't have pants on, and I think it was a little too revealing for the family-friendly cr- uh, crowd, and then they thought, we need to put some little shorts on them, so then they introduced the boxer shorts. Mate, seriously, I think we were pre. <laughs> I think we were pre, because I remember one of my mates, Voda Vandermerver. G'day, Voda. <laughs> he... He was, you could see some very revealing sweat patches in some landmarks right? when yeah. he was really getting hyped up. Because you you're doing a bit. You're not just standing around clapping for the crowd. You're nah, dancing, yeah. doing backflips, doing cartwheels. Yep, sure. High-fiving kids. Yep, and, absolutely. Yeah. Um, grab the signs. There was like some signs, a little station. You grab it, the hype run across. Get everyone <laughs> going, of course. And then maybe... I don't know, mix it up, put some people off for some free throws. Was, so that was you. It was a fun, yeah. I teased me. on this back chat. I teased on the podcast, teased on the show. It was a current West Coast Eagle, and that, in fact, is you, Tom That, Brass. in fact, is me, Tom Funnily Brass. enough, Guilty. though, they, we put it up on TikTok, and there was probably a hundred guesses before, they, before one person finally guessed you. Yeah, so you for some reason, you just don't and have that vibe to you. Have yeah. that, yeah. Um, well, I'll take that, I think. <laughs> it's not something I'm particularly, you know... Apparently, carry around with me in identity. <laughs> did, you, did you get to keep the morph suit? Nah, nah oh, I'd gross. go in the wash and had to give it back. Yeah, go with what's the mascot's name? Wilbur. Wilbur. Yeah. Go with Wilbur's kit. Who isn't what like you know a plethora of young men? He's a <laughs> genuine acrobat superstar. Yeah, right. Yeah, so one you're guy just carrying his. Yeah, character. we're just we're yeah. just yeah, pretty much. Okay. I did hear that they recently up. changed because of the sponsorship change. So Nova, I think, was the sponsor at the time when they had the morph suits. That's why they were red. And now, I haven't seen this, and there's not many home games. Apparently, they're dressed as tradies because of they must be they must be um, sponsored by a trade something workwear, uh, yeah, like King G. So instead of morph suits, I think maybe there's like Bob the Builders just running around. Or could, could you ever see? Look, a lot of people uh, they finish footy and they go play waffle. Uh, they go back to the amateur leagues. Could you ever see yourself getting back in a morph suit? 
Scoey, my life would have to take a horrible, horrible turn. No offence to the fellow morphers out there, but something would have to go wrong, yeah, for me to be back in the suit again. The morphies. Yeah, I haven't thought about the suit in a long time, man. All right, all right. Let's get into this. I want to just go through your career. I know we've done this on Backchat before, but I'm hopefully going to ask you some different questions, get some different stuff out of you. I'll split your career into, hope you don't mind, now, this isn't to amplify the premiership, but it's actually a little bit of OCD by me. Pre-premiership, the premiership year 2018, and then post-premiership. It kind of works nicely numbers-wise. You yep. were drafted at the end of 2013, yep. so you were 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I'm, I'm with you, mate. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the year we're in now. And yeah, 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 and you, it's yep. four years. I just want to explain why we're doing that rather than being like, Premiership, the highlight of your career, even though it probably is. I didn't want to. Well, it was obviously yeah. 30, 33 duck. Growing up, we're talking pre premiership here. <laughs> you were captain of Hale, correct? No, incorrect. Captain no. of Claremont. I was captain of Claremont, yeah. But you played at Hale School while you were playing at Claremont. Yeah. So you had Hale leadership school. qualities as a young kid. Uh, was footy like. Yeah, was that? that's exactly the answer that I thought you'd give. Was footy. Uh, that sort of a thing, like a a playing to lead man, or was footy just fun? Footy was just fun for me always, and um, I've always valued relationships and my mates, and they are often centred around footy because it was the thing that I loved as a kid, and you know that that was it for me in terms of footy, and and I wasn't um, before before I played AFL pre pre premiership. Right, <laughs> you know, I wasn't I wasn't the best in the team. I just like playing footy, and um, that's what it's always been for me. And I think giving yourself to the game like that, um, and just being enthusiastic and energetic about it, might lend itself to people perceiving you as you know having leadership qualities. Were you always a defender? No, I was a I was a forward when I was young, um, and then I played on the wing when everyone sort of got a fair bit bigger than me. And then a year, Claremont Colts practice match. Must have been under 17, so I must have been underage Colts. And I played in the back pocket against a guy who was touted to get drafted and, you know, had two good contests. Literally, that was it. Who was it? It was a bloke called Shane Yaron, funnily enough. Chris Yaron. Really? Chris Yaron, but he wasn't the Chris Yaron. He was a different Chris Yaron. One Yaren. of Yarons. Yeah, and... Um, that was it. That I never ever went back ever again. Really, mm-hmm. and you know it was genuinely two sort of one-on-one contests that just happened to the ball just landing in my lap. So I mean, you've always been a player that plays on instinct um, and backing yourself in. Does that is that something you learnt as a young guy, or is that just what you did? Is, have you always done that? Have you always backed yourself in with the flight of the footy, contested marks, intercept marks? Uh, no, I was always a good kick, and uh, you know, like I was, I was just a smart player. I suppose I knew where the ball was going um, when I played on the wing, and, and before that, I was probably just a genuine good kid, good player because you're young kids. But I think that came from. Uh, me and Darcy Cameron, funnily enough, in Colts developed a relationship that we sort of went one-on-one every training after after training. And he's a big boy and he's a good player. And so we'd always 
have good duels and I think that's where the, the flight reading um, sort of became a strength of mine. And before that, I think you're just looking at the footy, but post that, I think that was the beginning of me sort of being interested in the art of defending. Hopefully, uh, if you're listening along um, and your sound just changed, we just had the fan turned on in here. It was a little bit hot, but it might be cooling down a little bit. Um, in terms of, okay, that makes sense in becoming a defender, how was that playing on Darcy in the big leagues, given that you grew up on each other? When yeah. You, I know this is maybe post-premiership, to be honest, but you kind of just triggered me into it. What was it like playing on him? Yeah, it was special. It really was. And um, I love Darcy. He's a great mate of mine. We've had that relationship throughout Colts um, where we had success then as well and it was a good working relationship and to see him playing footy at the higher level, which I know he is capable of, and especially in the last season where he was starting to really take his game to another level, it makes me proud and it's it's humbling to be able to know that that started all these years ago and that that's what it's become for us and... He got the better of me, kicked a couple of I was going to say, who won? No, nah, he got me, yeah, no doubt, um, as he usually does, Das, but um, I'm, sure I'll, I'm sure I'll get him one day. Could you get your mind into him not being your mate and, like, this bloke's trying to beat me in a game of footy, or was it difficult? It was difficult. It probably took a little bit longer than it should have, and, um, yeah, it, it was difficult, but, but you do it so often each game that, you do get conditioned to those feelings and, you know, outside of footy. So you are able to put that screen up a little bit. What's it like um, when you play against a mate? Are you inclined to go harder than you usually would? Are you thinking more about, like, I don't know, how does that change compared to just playing on someone that you've never seen before in your life or met? Look, I suppose there's just more pressure. And um, for me, I don't think that I do go harder where Darcy is someone who does, and he would test to that. He he, and he's towed me up a couple of times because of it. <laughs> and same as Cam McCarthy, you know, we'd play on each other in derbies, and we'd be great friends. And there was always that added thing of, I don't want to get my pants pulled down by my best mate and all the boys to get into me and all their mates, and and I just want this to be a nice, clean, you know, couple good jewels and. <laughs> Everyone is in awe about you guys playing on each other at you know the highest level and and celebrate that rather than feel sorry for Tom. Are you a competitive person? Look, I would I would say no, but I think that's wrong because I'm in a very competitive sport and um, I think I am innately competitive, and that's actually interesting because I think society and school a little bit conditions you to be competitive. And I think it causes a lot of problems. But you can expand on it if you want. I know you don't want to. But oh, look! I think we can get into that post premiership, right. eh? Right, right. And good, um, good. you know the format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you have to be competitive to play AFL, and it doesn't. I don't think I compete for ego and for gratification of ego, but I compete for the sport or for the the task, and you know, for the fun and the love of competing. Um, which I think gets confused with being competitive, which often is being egotistical, um, which happens a lot in football. And so I think I'm on the, the lesser scale of that. But, yeah, I, I think you have to be a competitive to. You like to compete, but it doesn't drive you like it would some other people? Nah, the nah I don't want to win desperately. Like, of course I do, but 
I'm okay if I don't and I know that it's all right not to and I know that that's the game and that it's a game and that it's called that for a reason. It's not. Do you reckon that's else. do you reckon that's different to how a lot of like current AFL players or any 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 players look at it? I I do. I I, I think that's pretty unique that you understand you're able to I don't know understand that it's maybe not all about winning. I don't, I don't know. I suppose so. Yeah, like definitely really like there's lots of players who um aren't particularly self-aware and and not not to say that I am, but you you can see it, you know. The the emotion comes from from that, I suppose. And I don't know. It's a hard thing to. What do you? To what, what drives you? Because some guys, like I would say, that I was driven by the competition and the competitiveness, and like competing and trying to beat someone. And yeah, I'm different to you. I know. Yeah. Like what drives? Well, you? Well, I think that um, pre premiership. <laughs> You're a dickhead. No, nah, I don't mean to be. I really do. I do a thing. A pre-premiership, it was that. And it wasn't just – I wasn't particularly aware of it and it was probably to do with more than just footy, you know, and that's why I hinted that conditioning because you want to you wanna be good, you know. You, wanna, you want people to think that you're doing well and that they respect you and, you know, and I think that's what drives you a little bit into footy and – and you, you can't be aware of that if you become really good, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If you can really be competitive and apply yourself. So I think pre-premiership, it, it was about being the best and the coolest and, you know, trying to trying to impress people, even though it's not consciously that, it, it is on a deeper level, um, where I think that part of my learnings from the premiership era and what followed that with, um, I suppose, how I felt, and how it was different how people treated me and what that meant about my motivations was to do things, including football and relationships and everything, for the sake of doing it and to be present in it and um, not lending yourself to something else, a thought or some head noise or something negative while you're eating your nice lunch, you know. You're eating your lunch and you're trying to experience that as fully as you can, you know. The um, yeah, I think that's does confuse I, I think, No, there. it's not confusing at no, all. No, it's it's a unique perspective, I the, think. Because yeah, often like you hear, and Tom, if you could just go a little bit closer into your mic, because I want to make sure everyone can hear what you're saying. Um, like people, you know, like in basketball, like the mamba mentality of like the killer instinct, you know, built different. I'm I'm here to win, and like that's sort of the opposite of what you're sort of talking about. Whereas like you know, from the outside, you think guys, the the best players, the best footy players are the ones who are, like, just have the killer instinct that are there to, like, I'm going to do this, you know? So that's sort of a little bit different to your sort of perspective. Yeah, definitely. And, look, I think that it's in in learning that I've become this way. And I think that um, personality and identity is fluid. I don't think it's static. But I, I do agree that the best, the very best, are that way. They are that way. They're just ignorantly and aggressively set that they're just the best and and I see it with some of my teammates and you see it in the best sportsmen like who I see it in Elliot Yo Elliot Yo is just he's just the best you know he he wants to be the best he doesn't care and that's why typically he's been f- able to find ways to stand up in big games I think that 
Luke Shuey knows that he's the best on some levels, even though he's really humble and he's probably not um, he's probably not as ignorant to it, but he's just he's really set on it too. Like the the best players, they're just that way. Don't let his attitude to any of this confuse you with killer instincts. Like, yeah. oh yeah, no, it's just like a different. It's no, a different it's different. Approach. It's, it's a different, different approach. Yeah, it's yeah. Different. No, like of course, you know. But don't let don't let the way he speaks and the way he looks at things think that he's just drifting around doing all. And and he would never admit this. And sometimes you can't actually see it yourself, but like he's a killer. Not that not that not that sort of killer, but like. He's not. He's yeah. not drifting around, going. Oh, anything that happens. Oh, well, I don't really care. Like that's how you speak, and I think people think that. Like you're just like, oh, whatever. There's no free will. It's yeah, just correct. To me. <laughs> you just view things differently. Speaking about that, as a young defender, young player, um, you would have learned a lot. You, you spent a lot of your first year, 2014, injured, and then playing resis in the waffle and developing. What did you learn while you were turning yourself into an AFL footballer? That um, you reflect on now that you could maybe teach others. Like, what what did you learn during your formative years as an AFL player? That you look at the guys coming into the club now, some young key defenders, and um, you think I can teach them that. In terms of like craft and key defender, or take it wherever you like. Well, there's lots of things. You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really a ready-made AFL player. I'd come from this Claremont side that we mentioned and we were young kids and now our whole thing was to, you know, have fun and party and, you know, have a good time and rock up and train hard and play hard and play for each other and, you know, then go back out because it'd be, you know, you win and 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 go from there. And so um, being, may I mention that my idea of working hard wasn't really working hard. Right, that was up to lots of other boys in the team that you know were really good at that. But so that was probably the first thing. To have, you have to learn where your ceiling is, and I was lucky that I came in with Bo Waters and um, Darren Glass and them, especially in the back line, and Eric McKenzie too. That they'd sit next to you on the bike and show you and make you do the work and make you see for yourself how much further you could go than you thought. And they make you stay with you, you know, and, and you just get put into that environment that you just keep expanding your capacity every single day and then you learn that it can just keep going, really. So that was a big thing for me, learning to work hard and learning where my ceiling was. And then, you know, you've got to learn truly another thing is what it means to represent a footy club and how much more important that is than you and what that means in terms of, you know, how you present yourself and public speaking and, and all those things. And I wasn't up to scratch in that in those capacities either. And then finally, you must learn the craft and the fundamentals of your role, which for me is, as a fullback, which you know about, is mostly positioning. And um, it's the most high-risk high spot, I suppose. You can't make mistakes. And your, your positioning and your decision-making has to be right all the time in split second. Um, and so that's the final hurdle you must sort of jump over for these young key defenders. But they, they were, I suppose, the big the big things f- for me that I can recall. Yeah. Perfect. How was um, 
that role sort of changed then since you first started? So you've got, you know, over time footy has obviously changed where you had Tony Lockett in the full forward who just parks in the, in, the, in the square and, you know, takes big marks and kicks goals. So then how has that changed then, the role of the key defender where there's a lot more movement and, you know, people are actually moving outside of the 50? Yeah, I suppose there's team defence now where you're trying to, without giving away too much, you're trying to um, create an advantage for your side and nullify theirs. And so you have to work in defence with your teammates um, and sometimes, especially at fullback, working over a distance of 40 metres with the next bloke that's why your decision-making has to be so perfect because you're in this spot in the horrible position on the ground with Tom Lynch running zigzags around and you've <laughs> got to make sure that your positioning is good enough that you can read all the cues of the footy and your teammates and the opposition in the space so that you can make the right decision. And so I think it's played into my hands as a footballer because I will, I'm not... You know, just your textbook Tony Lockett defending defender yeah. like um, Eric McKenzie was and probably Darren Glass was. But I was lucky enough that I had those blokes at the footy club while I was there so they could teach me the, the craft of the key defender fundamentals. Yeah, that's I've a got, good question. I've got to ask about Darren Glass because um, I've been a, an Eagles fan since I was a kid and I feel like early days of Darren Glass used to have like... Um, yeah, you know, obviously he was a legend in the end. But early days, I feel like just like oh shit, Darren Glass, you know, made a lot, lot of mistakes. But then he became just like such a, um, I mean, reliable, he's like, reliable. He's pivotal. You know, um, is that something? I mean, maybe that's just my me not being aware. But like, I don't know. That's what it seemed like. He was like one of the lesser players, and then became like the best defender on the team. Like, do you, I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, you guys. Both played with him or look, I was probably too young to know Darren Glass not as a champion, so I can't comment because he was just always a gun and and I remember as well him not being the most elite skillful player or um, taking heaps of risks with the ball or doing anything too crazy, but the role of the key defender and the role I make clear is so important. And you have there's so much to it, and I think one of the reasons why it takes so long is because to play that role, you you must be physically developed, man. If you look back at, I'm going to include myself, but myself, TB, Gov, Glassy, McKenzie, and Mitch Brown, um, guys that have played key back, I, I can't go back further than that. But none of them have been stars. Come like, you know, Gov's gone down, go down as one of the best. Key backs to ever play for West Coast, multiple Australian winner. Um, he, I mean, he couldn't even he couldn't even train with West Coast, let alone <laughs> play. I'm serious. So, like, that's a good example, bad example, but good example. Like, you come into the team as a key backman, and you you don't have the. I mean, TB summarised it perfectly. You don't have the skills for positioning, so you you don't you can't do that without learning it. You, you can't just come in and start doing that. No one can. Like, you can't figure out how to play as an AFL key position backman without doing it. And so for me personally, John Worsfold playing me as a young key position player that wasn't ready to play in the AFL gave me the experience to be able to become a player to be able to play. 
and Tom had the same thing. Probably at, at stages wasn't quite ready to play, but the times that he was given, you learn instantly. And the guys that make it are the smartest ones because they can pick up exactly how to do that. But you can't – you don't know what you don't know. And you mm. can't you, – you, there is no vision. There is no training. There is no fitness. There is no – Chatting between players, like you can't teach, you ca- you cannot teach playing key position, especially backline, without doing it. You just you just can't. So Harry Edwards is one right now who's coming into the competition for West Coast, who will be a very good player. He's not right now, and he and he hasn't been, but he will be because he's doing it and he's getting given opportunity. And mm-hmm. like you as a fan would have seen Darren Glass. I'm sure Darren Glass was not good at the start. I remember, so, I remember this. Um, I'm sure a friend was. of mine said to me, Darren Glass is a bunny. <laughs> They've got to stop playing yeah. him. And then literally he became a champion of the club. Yeah, because you you learn so much. Like every mm. single game you play, you just learn. And the smart ones learn and then apply it. The ones that don't just become bunnies and stay bunnies and they don't adapt their game. Like t- Tom, for instance, would have just stayed as an intercept marking uh, play reading, unpositional, freak talent, but not a lot of method to his madness, and would have been out of the system by now if he hadn't have adapted his game. It sounds you know I'd love to to draw it back to basketball because what I know, but like they always what say, about, what about cricket? I mean, nah, you'd love bringing it back to cricket with Miss Johnson. Yeah, that there. That too. No, they, they do say in basketball centers aren't really good until they're like twenty eight. They come into the league, they're long, they're tall, athletic, but they're not like properly established until there. Mm. And so you, you know, yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Mm. And you can't, you can't learn it. You cannot learn it. And the thing I've found slash find still is that you can't make more than three mistakes a game, really. You just can't. You can have other people make mistakes that were undefendable. And so the midfield perhaps giving uh, an entry out of the centre bounce and Tom can't yeah, defend that. Left yeah, sometimes when the, the players are kicking the ball to your opponent and there's lots of space and, you know, it's fast play, there's just nothing you can do. And that's just the case. And Everyone so, knows that too, coaches included. Yeah, and so, um, what you know, you, what, you're not really taking that into account. And so what you're worried about is that exactly, your positioning. And, and sometimes you've just got to, leave your bloke in the goal square or somewhere else and press and run away to someone else's bloke. And that decision always or most often has to be correct. Yeah, you can't make mistakes. And if you do, and you do them repetitively, you get dropped and then you get dropped enough and you don't alter those mistakes, then you find yourself off the list. Well, I guess it's like if you make the right decision, you could change the game, rebound, get a goal off of it. If you make the wrong one, concede. Yeah, and if you hesitate, you're in between and no one knows what's happening and then they just get the ball and quickly kick it over to your man. And then you are responsible. I don't really know how we got here, but... Oh, I love it. Decision-making. In the back line. No, no, no. Decision-making for athletes. Not footballers, not defenders, not fullbacks. Decision-making is what differentiates good athletes with athletes that play the ammos. Because there is amateur football players that have the skill level and the fitness level and the strength level to play at AFL. I would say it's not that hard. Like I was never that strong, that fit that I was like, you know, worlds above anyone. But I would say my, my decision-making was better than most. And I would, I would say that would be across all sports. If you can make decisions quicker than people, better than people, like, you know, tennis, basketball, everything, like decisions, 
Like your brain. It's interesting. I wholeheartedly agree. I really do. I think it's exactly the difference. And it's funny. I was having this thought the other day about the dumb footballer thing where the best players I know, and I think it's Shannon Hearn, and I th- hate to say it, but I think Gov too. They're actually. <laughs> Why do we hate give, give them Gov compliments? Because <laughs> I, f- I figure that's what He's you're about to do. He's got me too many times, <laughs> that man. But yeah, they're, they're actually really smart guys and they really understand systems well, more broadly. Capitalism, lots of different things. Yeah, really. Holy shit. No, I really do think they have this ability to be able to visualise. Gov can't articulate it very well. But I really do think they have capacity to visualise systems. There you go. I'm loving this. No, I've confused everyone. No, you haven't at all. No, absolutely yeah. not. If you, can't, if you can't sort of explain it, it's instinct that you just can't explain. Yeah, I think that's what sets people apart. Right, all right, that's enough of pre-premiership. I want to talk about 2018. Um, we got okay on time here, Charlie. You know what? We're about 31 minutes. All right, cool, corner, perfect. Right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. Oh, I like it. I don't like to put a time on things, but I do like to know exactly where we are. Premiership year 2018. Um, let's not go to the grand final just yet. 2018 finished in a premiership, and, and that's what it culminated in, and, and that's great looking back on it. But 2018 for you as a player, talking about all the things we just spoke about, was that a year that you kind of started putting some of those things into place personally? Like you, 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 you kind of changed as a footballer. A little bit? Yeah, I suppose so. I um, I suppose it's that five years, that's how long I'd been there by the time 18 come around. And all those things I spoke about before developed to a point where you're competent. And um, again, if you're throwing yourself in every day at training and in the game day and you have that um, approach where your life's not depending on this, you know. This is separate to you. You're something else and, and this is just your contributions to football. Then you can sort of hit a bit of a sweet spot and um, you, you go to training to train your instincts and to train those decisions I talked about and train the moment you go from defence to attack and you train your connection with your teammates, right, so that your instincts on game day are on. And so once you get continuity in your training and you're off field and, you know, things are sort of going smoothly, that just carries in effortlessly to game day, I think. Um, okay, so 2018, going nicely. Look, I've, 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 every guest I have on, I, I don't know why, but I end up on Wikipedia. And I know you do, Dan. It's a good source of information. Well, I'm with you there. I don't know if it is, man, because I had a look at Tom Brass and I know him very well, one of my very good mates. Had a lot of footy with him, but I just thought I'd see some stats that maybe I didn't know. There's a there's a sentence in there about 2018 that halfway through the season, it, like I think my the I can't exact words, but it says Tom was effectively no, no, you don't have to Tom was effectively lost uh, to a dustpan induced. Injury. So it, it literally says the words dustpan. Yeah, to Charlie? It, I've got it here. Injury during West Coast round 12 by Brass injured his back while using a dustpan and missed the next six rounds. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you it was a it? six, oh, was it? Oh, six shit. rounds yeah. with the dustpan. Oh, sorry. look. It, well, was what's a, going on it wasn't with the dustpan, really, but that was the first time I was like, wow, okay. I, I can't get up. 
Your back was bad. My back was cooked, yeah. And you were carrying it th- throughout and this was like the, th- oh, the so thing that happened? Or? Yeah, like, if, funnily enough, what happened was... So imagine Tom with the dustpan. Like, <laughs> oh, what's that? Exactly how it happened. And I had to sort of exit down with my hands onto the floor and just lie there for a bit. But effectively my glutes switched off. So when I was walking and when I was training and doing things, there was like a neural pathway from my brain to my glute that just forgot to fire and to stop firing. And through conditioning, my back was firing, right? Every time I took a step instead of my glute. And so it went and there was this just back, like pain in my back all the time because everything was getting compressed. And that was the first time that I really was like, oh, this is sort of serious and then yeah it took me six weeks to i just went and saw this guy who was a guru you reconfigured you reconfigured your, your yeah mechanism yeah how you ran yep and that's um i saw a guru remembering this cool. how do you find a guru so the physios like there's nothing presenting on the scan too crazy um really you sort of don't know what's wrong so you're saying i'm in a lot of pain they're like well eh. Well, yeah, we're scanning it with no bulge disc or, you know, nothing too crazy we're seeing. Um, so anyway, this guy, they take you to him and he goes, no scans, doesn't look at anything, but he just looks at the way you move. So he'll say, I'll oh, do 20. He won't say that. He'll say, do as many single legs, bridge squats, whatever it is, until you can't do it. And he'll just sit there and watch you with the physios and talk about, oh, mate, your glute med's switching off here. And so look, your knee's falling in. And really take the piss out of you. I didn't. I, it was pretty confronting a bit. It was like right, you are, and you're, you're sweating. Athlete, you, like, what are you built yeah. this for? Yeah, and he's like taking the piss out. Like, look at this guy's you know, arch. It's just so horrible. <laughs> Can't even walk. Yeah. Like, what are you carrying this bloke around for? He's just like an idiot. <laughs> and so you're sweating. You're in your normal clothes, sweating in this guy's office, and he's going, "Don't stop. I didn't tell you to stop, mate." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you obviously can't do it. But anyway, sorry, Pete. Stuck with me that day. Yeah. But, um, Carried that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, so what, do you not have air con on or something? Like no, that? Yeah, no, so nothing, man. He's yeah, throwing rocks at you and everything. It's just like <laughs> not a cool setup. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so he looks at you and they go, all right, well, effectively you've got to start from the very start and relax your whole body. And I think this is in some way some – how I developed a relationship with mindfulness mm. where you're relaxing everything, especially your back, and then you very slowly, standing on one leg, my right glute was the one that switched off, start doing these movements. And while you're relaxing everything, something has to go. And so if you relax everything with the right amount and consciously enough, your glute takes the load because you're doing the movement. Yeah, And so you just start there and sort of get into this state where you're just trying to activate a neural pathway between your brain and your, your bum. And then it fixed itself. So it fixed itself. Um, <clears throat> I don't have this in my notes, but I just remembered. Uh, you come back into the team late in the season, probably around 18, 19. You played almost 20 games that year. So um, Yeah, I've got a feeling it might have been in 2017. What? That oh, the dustpan dust thing. Dustpan. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. But, but maybe not. A- anyway, you, you're in the team coming late into the season. Um, we're playing in the same team. You actually start forward in a derby oh. for Fremantle. Mm. I do my hamstring mm. and you get sent back. 
Um, not sure what you were doing in the forward line. I'll Suddenly, tell you what I was doing. What? Getting dangerous. <laughs> I was, man. Yeah, I was dangerous. Goal. Yeah, I had five or six touches in the first five minutes. A couple marks, yeah. Yep, I was feeling I, good. I was feeling good that day as well. I was playing on Tabana, doing well. Yeah. Bang, end of the first quarter, hamstring. This is the game that Andrew Gaff uh, was notoriously reported for striking Brayshaw um, on the far wing. Anyway, I did my hammy. was out for the rest of the game. Tom went back. Stayed there. I came back with one round to go, played in Brisbane at the Gabba, and I played in the back line with Tom. So it was Tom, Garv, and myself. Um, I asked for no stats, and you're not going to be able to pull this up, Charlie, but Tom, Garv, and myself have some very well, a high percentage of win rate playing three tools. Anyway, my story goes to 2018. I was dropped for the qualifying final, and it was really a decision between playing Tom or myself. Um, and this is the part that I didn't write in my notes, but I'm just remembering. Um, it came down to that. They played Tom, a younger player, uh, um, a less experienced player, and I was completely devastated. Like I was, um, you know, I've had some uh, bad moments in my life. That was probably my worst. Of, um, yeah, of that, that was my worst. Is that because you, you knew you were good enough to like go all the way and you thought I want no, to be part of that? No, it was nothing to do with TB. It was just not being in the team. It's funny when like you're competing with your mates for spots, like not one, no, I don't think one second was thought like why is TB in the spot, like in the team. Yeah, in front yeah of, but front was of it me. like, did you think we're going to make the yeah, final? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I was like, played in 2015, played in 2015, lost 2015. I didn't play that well. Team didn't play well, wanted that chance of redemption. And I thought 2018 was a chance. So getting dropped coming into that qualifying final for you, effectively, Jets came into the team, but it was between you and I. I remember texting you. You were Masto. I didn't speak to Masto about this because I didn't remember until I'd been speaking to you. I text Tom before the qualifying final, after I'd been dropped, after I'd done cracking cracking the shits. It was on the Friday night before the Saturday game. Uh, I text the boys and I said, just to TB and, and Mast, uh, it's all all good, boys. I'm going to be back in the team and we're going to win a flag. Correct or not correct? Correct, absolutely correct. I said we were going to win a flag before the qualifying final and I'd be playing with you. Yeah. I uh, See, I've, it's funny. I I don't – maybe I do remember the text retrospectively, but I remember the captain's run before the qualifying final. Qualifying final. Oh, and I was a ghost. Uh, I was at Optus and yep. we were doing body work. Yep. There's and, a photo of that. Yeah. And put I, that on social. And I remember saying to – Mate, you know, it's all good. I'm sorry, like, this is a bummer. Yeah. And you said to me, mate, it's all good. We're going to win a flag together. I can feel it. And I, um, you know, didn't think much of it. And yeah, you know, well, we, it was happening. So it was like, yeah, mate, fuck. Yeah, it tingles. Yeah, of course. Pretty good. Yeah, of course. And, and then it turned out, um, unfortunately, that Sheppy got injured that day. And then we never looked back. 2018. Yeah, you got anything out of that? No. You want to do no, I'm just enjoying anymore. just sitting here. It's good. <clears throat> I'll try and dig up the text. It still exists. I sent it. I sent it again. I've sent it retrospectively. It does. It does. Still so this is yeah, after you had, bit, you had a bit of a pout. Oh like, no, a bit of a pout. Like I, yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I couldn't get out of bed. I barely got to that training session. I was completely ruined. I lost my best mate at the start of that year. Um, he died to a, a cycling accident, and um, I reacted poorly to that. I almost gave the game up. I speak about this in some mental health keynotes I do. Um, I went back home for the funeral, and I, I honestly thought back there, you know, you know what, why do I go back? There's no reason. I don't really want to. 
Ended up coming back, trying to fight my way back in the team, got back in the team, but ended up getting dropped there. And the way I reacted when my best mate got killed by a fucking truck to when I got dropped for qualifying final, I reacted worse to the qualifying final. That is to put it into perspective. I don't know why. Can't explain how that happened, but that's how it happened. But then once I was able to get myself out of that, I had this like... Euphoria. Yeah, I did, really. I had this belief that I would get back in the team you know, I didn't. I didn't foresee that someone would get injured. I just just thought I would get back in the team. I would play with my mates in the grand final and win. And it was like it was. It was. You could say it was destiny, Dan. Um, without digging up the, do, huh. do you remember why? Why did you get dropped? Um, someone had to be dropped. Jets. Jets had missed a, missed the Brisbane game, and Jets was just he was like a part of the back six, and he wasn't going to get dropped, and they had to get him yep. back in the team. So, so there's certain players that are undroppable. Oh, to a point. But, like, Jets and I aren't the same player. Like, Tom and I were the same player. That's why it was between Tom and I. Right. You know, that's it's always a funny thing when selection happens is, oh, why is he playing? You know, why is Luke Shuey playing and not you? Well, like, it has nothing to do with me. Like, he's playing the midfield. People think, And oh, it's about the team you're playing? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I got dropped for the – well, I didn't play in the – the last game that I could have played in was the qualifier – was the elimination final here where we got beaten by Collingwood. And some people have said to me, so Jack Petch, how he got picked for that game? Um, people have said, oh, why did Petch get picked in front of you? And it's like, well, he's, a, he's a small high half forward. Like, has nothing yeah, to do with... Yeah, different position. That you can't pull that and that. Yep. So, like, why I was dropped? Uh, I don't know. I had some strong conversation with some coaches about it, though. That was for sure. This is... Was this it, isn't about me, though, Dan. Yeah, no, no. I'm just... It's, you know, it, it is, it is, it is all... You know, it is very interesting. It's very highly linked to... Correct. To Tommy. Yeah. So let's pull it back to Tommy. 2018, uh, we're up to the flag time. Do you remember grand final week? Do you have any memories, any reflections on that week? Yeah, I remember... So starting from the prelim final, I remember rocking up to Optus that day and being so nervous so nervous and speaking to Dom Sheed out in the game and you know during the game nah sorry before the game and out on the field and um, I looked at him you know giving him the crisis look like (laughs) you know know, like and sort of expecting him to give me the same look back of you know this is just too much for me and (laughs) I sort of said to him are you wigging out because I'm tripping and he just said, pretty much, mate, who cares? Like, seriously, who cares? Like, you know, we'll try our best. But at the end of the day, like, like you know, it's sort of out of your control a little bit. Like, just rock up, play a role. It's all good. Same as normal. And it was like, all right, all good, yeah. And that was the most nerve-wracking game for me in the whole of my whole life because we were up by 12 goals. Yeah, do you even touch the, the ball? <laughs> I touched it a lot early and then I didn't touch it again. And that's why I was nervous because – you just know that you're right there. You're just about to play in a granny and, you know, it's just about to happen for you if everyone doesn't get too excited about the fact that that's happening right now and keeps playing their role. And, you know, it was the old, we cannot lose this. Like, please, Potentially, please, like, please, out please. of the moment? The grand yeah, final, yeah you're out of the moment. You're in it. Whereas you're in. you're that far in front, you almost... Yeah, so it's, it's like 70 40, to... 48 points. Like, you oh, think he no. got the first half? No. Nah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like 70 to 3 or something so surely at really halftime. Well, no, nah, that's the thing. It's like, no, nah, that's not how it works. Like, any... The competition is so tight. Any sort of... We've had five-minute periods where... 
they've stacked on six goals, you know, shaping off the half back, just coming at us and lots of times. And so, yeah. you, you know, you just know how quickly it can turn. And um, that's why it was such a nerve wracking game for me. Do another water? Yeah, I'd love another water, please. Yeah. Um, He's parched. But let, let me continue that. So, yeah. so we had that game, we won it, and it was a bit like, wow, we're going to Granny, and how good's this? And, you know, you think about because we went there in 15 and you think about all that other stuff like your family and how they're going to cross and flights and everything. And so the club were good in quickly addressing that and saying, boy, it's like, you know, here's the plan. The plan is to meet you at this time, discuss it, it was sort of all out, all good, forget about it. And going into the week, I remember um, still being quite nervous because, you know, we're playing in a granny and, huge especially pre-premiership like I spoke about mindset this was this is the pinnacle you know this is this is the solution to my fulfillment right it's the AFL premiership and so um thank you Sammy what a guy and Sammy and so I was quite nervous and I, I remember yeah not eating much Monday and Tuesday and Kennedy got up and same with Simo Mm. And they had a chat to us and Simo, I suppose, got everyone to shut their eyes and said, boys, just shut your eyes for a second and just imagine the metal around your neck. Imagine, you know, the tug of just behind your neck here of what it feels like and the silk and, and you know, feel it in your hand and feel what it would feel like to have one on and for it to be yours and and then park it. No more thinking about that. No more thinking about that metal. And, and, and Ken has sort of got up afterwards and said, um, boys, we're going over there for a game of footy. You know, you, you, there's all the grand final parade and all this sort of stuff, but we're going over there for a game of footy. And he changed the language from embrace it, embrace the week, boys. You know, it's a big, big, big week. It's all this stuff. You've got to embrace it too. Just accept it. You don't have to feel any way around it. It doesn't have to be positive. You can be nervous. You can be annoyed that you haven't done captain's run yet. You know, like... It's completely different to a normal routine, but you don't have to feel any way about it. And I think changing the language from embrace the day and the week to just accept it and understand what it's there for, that's what made a big difference for me. Yeah, because you, at 2015, what did you do for the 2015 Grand Finals? Like, What was your involvement in that? My involvement was I went to the casino the night before and won 800 bucks on the roulette. <laughs> <laughs> first first um, time ever. There was, there was a gang of young guys in 2015 that I know were told, just stay out of the way of the boys that are playing because right. pretty much don't be seen, don't be heard, just shut up. And they did. And, but, they're, and they're told exclusively, like, you will not be playing, just don't. Don't cause a, a stir. Yeah. Correct. Like, don't be running around the hallways. You're going to be saying... We're a different hotel, hotel yeah, completely. A- anyway, oh, really? Yeah. But really, it was just rock up and watch. That was all. Okay. And, so, like, his experience in 2015 was, was nothing. It was going to the casino, right? Whereas mine and Josh Kennedy's and Shannon Hearn and guys that have played in 2015 and lost and lost badly and prepared poorly and gone through the week just floating along had this drive that I think helped these younger guys of exactly what TB's talking about is changing the talk from embracing it, which was just like, how good's this? Like hey, all your family chatting to you about tickets and uh, everyone, everyone's your mate and everyone loves you and, and it's 100,000 people. history. Yeah, history and you're going to win. And 
that was embrace it, and that's what happened in 2015. And it was embarrassed. We got embarrassed, and you you forget with all the week of new things that 2015, you're there to win a game of footy, and when you don't win it, all the stuff that happens before, you look back on and you're like, that, that sucked. Like the, no fond memories whatsoever. I have no fond memories of 2015. None. Like I, <laughs> they pop up on my iPhone. Like yeah, photos in the back of the doing the parade. Like wish that was deleted. Wish that didn't exist. So was, 20, 20, yeah. You're also say was that for you then? Like being so more on the outside of 2015. Did you see how that unfolded compared to 2018? Go like, oh, this is different. Like this is business now. Or like, I don't know you're you're, you're winning 800 bucks at the casino the night before. That's that's different to. What, what were you playing? I was playing roulette. Yeah, and I just got lucky, sort of three in a row, doubling down at the end. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, and not your question. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, but that's so. fine. Like, so do you then see, like, oh, I saw how they acted in 2015. This is different. Like, this feels different, or was it just. Look, it definitely felt different, um, but I, that was from an outsider's perspective. I only played three games, and it was of that um, era where Scoey was talking about where you're a young player. There's probably a couple injuries. You're not really up to scratch yet. You've got some strengths, as anyone who gets to AFL does. But you don't. You're not a bona fide AFL player. And so I don't think I was truly in the spirit of the team as much as someone who'd been travelling all year. So I probably can't make that comment on how it felt. But um, in 2018, there was a certain special thing going on. And um, we were really focused on playing our roles. And we were really tight. And we just knew... We were going to win. I'd love to hear. We have to get someone who was on that Collingwood squad from 2018. Dioey, we got to get Dioey because got it, don't we? Because we've heard the Mason Cox. We've heard we've heard the um. What's pre- Jordan not Mason? We've heard the perspective of West Coast, like <clears throat> you know, especially after 2015, it's business. Like this is so different. To then, it'd be interesting to hear someone from 2018, Collingwood, yeah, and I, their perspective on I, I'd agree. I've seen some live footage of, like, their three-quarter time address, for instance. And we're there's a very... Uh, very you know, different. There's a very good YouTube video yeah. of Simpson and Buckley yeah. talking to the team, going yeah. through the motions of that game. It's very good. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, like, I think they... Because every team must feel the same. Boys... Where this is it. Yeah, like, yeah, I think Buckley's message, and this isn't wrong, but his was, this is our destiny. Like, we, we, are, we are here to win this, and this is what we're meant, meant to do. Where ours wasn't really that. Ours was play your role, and, uh, and then it'll take care, the, the, the result will take care of itself. And that was a bit on the mindfulness that we were kind of doing that year in terms of being present and worrying about the moment rather than worrying about the result. Whereas I think they were yeah. their, their messaging was about the result, about winning the grand final, which they were which, predestined to yeah, do. Yeah, which I mean, they were they were less than a goal that. away from doing it. So you can sit here and say, "Oh, this is the wrong thing." Well, it wasn't because she doesn't kick the goal from the boundary. And you're on the next. boundary, and I don't win the game for the you know I don't I don't do what I do. And Tom what's your do what's it. your perspective? I mean, I'm I'm before perspective get, before is, we get to the moment okay, of the match, okay. 20, <laughs> The grand final morning, uh, the the lead up. Any memories? Any how was you, how were you mentally coming into? The uh, game? Mentally, I knew what I had to do on Mason Cox, um, and I knew that you know it was a granny that I was playing in. And really, what got me through that time was thinking this is just going to be over soon. You know, like there's so there's so much at stake, and you're under so much pressure, and you've been waiting all week, all season, all all your life to play 
it was like the clock's ticking. It's fine. You know, I'll try my best, but in three hours at five o'clock or whatever the time is, win or lose, it's done. It's win or lose. I'll, there'll be a result. And I'll know that if I do my job for that time and, and try my best, then I can't really feel t- too bad about what that result might be. I remember Mason Cox was up and about. Um, I think he. Yeah, Richmond, torch Richmond. Grabbed for. Yeah, he grabbed a few snaps. Alex Rance. Well, you know, go down yep. uh, as a big, big very, time very defender. Big defender. Towed him up. Kick five goals. Yeah. I think I. Was it in wet the the grand final that he like took a couple of snags, kicked kicked a couple of goals early, and he was like given these for the crowd? No, that was the prelim. That was the prelim. And then prelim. Um, Tom kept him to one kick in the first half. So Tom's role on grand final day was playing Mason Cox. We were pretty yep. role driven in that period of time. He's a tall boy. One kick he had in the stuff. first half and maybe one mark. But he finished the game with two goals and seven yeah, marks. He got hot. He certainly got hot. Yeah, I, I can't just. And I and I think Mason's a good player. I think he's got a strength that is really hard to combat. Um, and maybe that's the way I match up on him. Other players do a good job sometimes, and you know gets a hold of Rancy. So that's just footy. Um, but yeah, I suppose my role was was to do that, and I knew that it was going to be all right if I did it. And I knew that I had my boy Scoey behind me talking to me, and I knew that I have Gov there to help me out and. I think they knew the same. They knew that if Cox was in a bad position, I'd be coming back as hard as I could. Any memories from the game um, before the siren? You know, uh, like in terms of, yeah, throughout the game? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's probably, wow, there's lots of them really. But, yeah, Cox obviously um, got some got some heat up and I had to tr- sort of change the way I played on him again. Um and then I got a few um, touches, which is rare, as a key back. <laughs> and I remember thinking, nah, it's all good, I'm back. And uh, I, I should I should regress. There was one moment, people always ask, oh, you know, you're down by five goals or whatever. Hey, you know, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you feel? Yeah. And the truth was, you know, not bad at all. We were in the game. It's all sweet. And there was only one time I thought about it and the ball spilled over the back at a forward 50 entry. And Brody Mychek's running into the goals, balls bouncing around, and he sort of dives, soccers it. And I was about one metre away from it. And I remember thinking when he kicked it vividly, if this goes in, we lose. I can't win. It's going to be, you know, 40 to 1. It's done. And so I remember thinking that, and it went through the points and thinking, geez, <laughs> lucky. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and... um. There's another moment that I remember is when they started chipping it around with about three minutes to go. Yeah. They've got an intercept. I think Howe took a good intercept. Yeah. Their defenders played really well that day. And um, he took a good intercept and they started chipping it around. And I remember thinking then, because you don't know, it was 28 minutes or something on the clock. I remember thinking, oh, there must be under a minute left and we're going to lose. This is just so devastating. Yeah. But then it came back down and there was a little period where Dugowie and Taylor Adams had a shot on the goal from like 10 metres out that both got smothered. One got kicked into someone, the next one got smothered. And it was just so hot. It was genuine, the hottest footy of all Actually, time. Actually, that gets forgotten that. about. That gets yeah. forgotten about. There's a period that, of play. Like they, they have genuinely not two – there's about six shots on goal in the space, about 30 seconds, yeah. and there's four smothers. Just like – and Dugowie's had three of them. So I don't know how he doesn't kick one. I'm on him the so whole time. Do you think if he, if he gets if they get a point there, 
Ah, point's probably good for us. We get the ball back. Yeah. So the fact that it was bouncing around, and then we get we get a little chip, like we get a chip out, and um, Dago gets it, uh, chips it out to Crips uh, or someone, and they kick it out, and that's when the scoey moment happens. Yeah, that's actually why I watched it because I remember it came up on YouTube, so I thought right. I'd watch scoey right. about it. That's and right. there was this chaos, kick, smaller kick, smaller kick, smaller yeah. chaos, and then that's when. That's when I What's the Scoey moment? Scoey moment's the moment, but no one talks about me being involved in the moment. I've know? got a TV moment for you too that I reckon gets <laughs> well, you know, glossed it's, it's, over. It's, it's the McGovern, Devardi, to Ryan, to Sheed. Well, I, I started it by doing whatever the fuck I wanted and heading to the middle of the ground while all that was happening. After that scrimmage, I just started running in the middle of the ground because with two minutes to go, I thought there's probably under two minutes... I either sit in the goal square like I was told on Dugowie or I run down the middle of the ground and try and win it for us. And I just thought, well, roll the dice, baby. Let's go. Young players, that is exactly what they say not to do. <laughs> Play role. No, it, 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 was, it was like calculated to a point. It was, nah, we, we had the ball. We're kicking long down and long to JD who was hot that half. And I thought, yeah. I can get it. You know, it didn't work out that way. And Gov was sucking Dugowie. And that's when the moment starts. Oh, but, yeah. But before that, the moment. Before the moment, I because I did l- literally just watch this last week. You, you're you're sprinting down the middle, mm. and if there is literally one kick over, you're free in the fifty. Like you, you could. I'm kicked. not lying about this. You, no, 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 you legit, I've got mail. You legit could have kicked if if the ball fell to you. You could have ran to the fifty by yourself. There was no kicked. one there. You really there was no one. Kick the goal for a win. No one. I was in the middle of the MCG, as you say. Dreamt of it as a young man winning the grand final and the glory of winning a premiership. And I was in the middle of the G, but literally no one around me. All that, all that needs to happen is Jack Darling wins his seventh contest of the half, mm. kicks it to me, and I, I kick it off. Yeah, I know about this one. I want to hear the TV one. What's the TV one? Oh, the TV one. one. Oh, sorry, I thought your moment was going to be more gloatful. Oh. I'm be embarrassed now. Oh, please tell yeah. me. Bad luck. But it was a touch. I touched the ball with maybe... Five minutes to go, we'll put Collingwood two goals up, game's over. Maybe three minutes to go, just before it all happened. And I've sort of gone to get Mason Cox and put my um, oh, forearms into him. I remember this. And noticed it was going over my head and sort of turned like this and went like that. It was a, it I was think, a, it was this. a review. And it was a view and it just clipped my fingers. Little finger. Oh, it was a kick. And it went straight through the goals. And so everyone went crazy. Do they call it a goal or they call it a touch? Well, I don't think he was sure. I think he might have told it. Called it touch, but it went through the goals and the crowd went wild. And I stuck my hand up, not knowing whether I'd tu- whether it was literally little finger. Well, because you touch sometimes you touch him, and the TV cameras just can't see it. Yeah. You know, you, they just can't see it, and it just just nicked it. And I just nicked it. Your, your pinky just went like back just sort of to... these these two fingers here just right. scraped. And luckily enough, there was a camera right on me, and it d- displayed the touched, and it was all good. All right, siren goes. We win the grand final. Reaction. So this is a part I don't remember at all, but retrospectively, um, says you know, I don't even know what you call that motion, but squeezed my fists and got into one knee and screamed, and then ran as fast as I could and went to hug Bunga and Bunga, who is the strongest man in the world, like armed me, and so I've sort of gone. to Hug him and he's armed me and kept running with me under his arm and so I'm like yeah kept running over towards the rest of the backs and we all get into this big huddle and start screaming and then I remember I was screaming so hard that I was starting to see colours and <laughs> so, like sort of hallucinate and so I had to like get on my 
haunches and have a couple of deep breaths and put a mouth guard in my sock and then, you know, get on to the rest of the boys. So there was just complete and utter joy. We, I've got some stuff to do post, post-premiership, so we've got to keep moving. But I want to read – this is uh, it's a little bit from you, actually. You spoke about the feeling of winning a grand final in the podcast we did here on Backchat in 2019. So we had a question from Michael underscore John underscore Watkins. I've stolen it out of social media, Dan. Take Sorry, it. mate. So, Tom, you were criticised after the 2018 premiership for saying you felt a little bit directionless. Mm. Yet since then, your performance has been remarkably reliable. Do you think lessons can be learned from this regarding self-awareness, both athletes and in general life? How about that? Yeah, it's a good question. I want to read you your quote. I've got word for word here, all right? So this is from 2019. This is uh, six months out from winning the the flag. You've got an idea about what an experience like that, winning a grand final, will be like, and you formed an idea from when you were a very young child and seeing Sam Butler, Benny Cousins and the like on your wall with the cup and the medal, you think it's going to give you this endless sense of fulfilment because it's all you've ever wanted. Barass said on Backchat Podcast. <laughs> you go through this experience, it's so different to what you first imagined in all sorts of ways and you notice in a month's time or in three months' time or whatever, it's not everything that it was meant to be in your mind. And that doesn't mean it wasn't a letdown. I loved every second of it, but it was so different to how I always pictured it that I think it leaves you a little bit directionless for a while. Now, as we like to do on this podcast, Media Watch, they took directionless for a little while. Like Tom Barras, directionless, under winning the premiership. That's why West Coast is so shit at the moment. But if you listen to that quote in context, I think you're saying you built this up for your entire life. You won a premiership. And it wasn't what you expected, so it Absolutely. changed the way you thought about it. Yeah. How do you think about that now? Mate, that's exactly it. And um, I suppose it's prompted thought into how you define yourself and your identity and what's important to you if it's not being the best footballer and the champion, you know, all those things that you first thought were sort of cool and interesting, which still have value. And it's nice to have recognition for lots of hard work, but, yeah, the – the difference was, I suppose, is that you think it, it's going to change who you are and it doesn't. It's still you. In, and all the things that make you are com- not completely different, but they're not what you thought it were. It wasn't because you played for West Coast and because everyone, you know, respected your ability and respected you as a bloke. It's because you've got a great family and that you're nice to your mates and you guys have a fun time together. And, that you know, I've learnt more that you contribute to ideas you believe in and you know helping people and you also try and contribute to the arts and express yourself and create and you know be playful and I think that that's one of the things I learned through that and what that quote's trying to entail and and its ties to conditioning which I mentioned earlier is that you lots of people including myself live their lives via analogy of a journey you know it's like oh you're on this journey and you know, you're in high school, right, and year 12's coming and it's coming, you're going to get, you know, your ATAR and then get to uni and, the, you know, the good thing's coming and goes all the way, right, until you win the flag and you're like, it's here. You know, what, what, what is this? And you realise that it was, a, it was a musical thing and you were meant to be dancing and playing, you know, and, and that you should have been thinking about it as life by analogy to music you know where 
that was a lucky that was a lesson I was able to learn at that time rather than being 40 where most people learn it and they have identity crisis cause it's like wow who am I I've just wasted my whole life trying to get to this place it doesn't exist so it was a little bit of that it was a bit like wow okay you know achievements however big they may be just are dwarfed by how I am or how you are with someone in the next moment and then you know how how you feel when you're being nice to someone and how you feel when you're just playing footy and trying to progress the game and progress others with it, if if you feel me. Charlie, if you're on that highlights, mate, that might be a nice yeah. little spot to yeah. write. I think you, that's about yeah. as good as it gets, Tom Brass. Do you think that's part of – I mean, you won a premiership only, what, four or five years in. If that happened later in your career, would that perspective change at all? Or do you think, you know, you took you had – the ultimate success at 25, what, how old 23, I think. 23. Yeah. Once Tom's down answering this, I can probably answer it. Well, yeah, go, yeah, for sure. Like, no, I mean, seriously. you know, like there are people, for instance, Matthew Pavlich, who, who gives his absolute everything his entire career and can't quite get there. And then there are people who in their first year play two games and win a premiership, you know. Mm. Is, do you think that changes based on how long you've been around and how long you've you put into something? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And and if I hadn't, or we hadn't have won the premiership in that year, I'd be different, no doubt. I'd be a way different guy. Um, and I was different. And that's good. That's that's what life is, you know, having experiences and trying to better yourself through what you learn and how you felt. And there's no doubt I'd be different if we didn't win the flag. And I'm, I'm really grateful. I view it as um, a really important time in my life because I've become a better bloke since and I've become more aware and I've been able to align myself with the things that I hold of value and that interest me, you know, like those things I mentioned before. All right, that's Premiership era of Tom Barras. So we're moving through the Jurassic and uh, prehistoric stages. Now we're into post-Premiership. I, I, know, I don't know what like, your, your plan no, is. but it's fine. But just because we've talked uh, about certain things, I do want to play some, some audio for Tom. Uh, you happy for me to do that now? Yeah. So there's something I just I, that I discovered that I'd, I'd love to just. This is actually a perfect way to start post premise. Okay, great. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on this. So it's just going to come through my phone. Um, so apologies to the people who are listening, but this you, you'll be able to hear this. I'm real nervous right now. <laughs> this could be. Do you know what this is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is going to go well. Keep playing it. I'm going to keep Let's playing see it. Does it like get into it a bit? Oh, there's 13 minutes of this. Is this a radio edit or is it extended? Oh. I can't say this is banging me. Does that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Please I, explain yourself. Yeah, okay, what's happening there? <laughs> so earlier today I found a YouTube channel called Tom Barass. Uh, nah, sorry, man. <laughs> Not and <laughs> it's not you? Nah. Because the, the photo looks exactly like you, and oh. it's Tom Brass 2013. One, one subscriber, 2013. He's done one song, and he says, if you want, you want some more of my stuff, you subscribe right Does, now. Is that not you? No, nah, that's not me, no. Nah. Okay, no. <laughs> no, nah, you have some mad stitch-up plan. Because someone has... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. Is that like a song he's claimed to have produced? No, it's just he's only done one video ever. Is, and we and and Dan's the easiest TV. I said, it, 
Definitely could be. Like, is, look at this. I just want you to look at this guy, uh, Tom Brass. It sort of could be you. Yeah, I'll pay it. So it's not and you? This, no, that's not me, man. So. Okay. <laughs> well, no, that's glad, I'm glad to know that yeah. you didn't release one 13-minute YouTube view of house music. Yeah, oh, if you can call it that. Have you been, have you been a music guy? Uh, look, I love music. I, I can't say I'm skilled enough to produce it yet, um, but I can play the guitar and a little bit of piano. And what do you mean, yet? Will you do that? Oh, look, I'd love to um, on the post, theme of... Post-2018. Yeah, yeah, on the theme of post-2018 you know, 2018 and um, contributing to ideas that I think are you know, of value. Um, I love playing music and hopefully my kids will be able to have the same um, views and I don't know, I certainly see it as part of my life going forward, yeah. Creative element, like being creative, sharing... Yeah, I don't know. How does that all fit with you? I know you're a creative man off the field, which is something I'm certainly not. Where's that? Where's that fit in your outside of footy life? Um, well, it should play a small role for sure. I um, yeah, I've got something in the works, little creative contribution. Yeah, it's a little exclusive for Backchat. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is a little okay. Backchat exclusive. So just to confirm, it's not a YouTube channel. It's not a YouTube <laughs> channel. It's not a YouTube channel. No, nah. But um, hopefully, be a contribution and. I suppose the idea is that, like, money makes money, right? Okay. Risk Compound interest, start, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder if a creative contribution within capitalism can then lead to more of them, you know? Like, I make this song, sell it, and employ people in the arts, at a skate comp, to play, you know what I mean? Like like content creation? No, like can you make a contribution to the arts that then fuels and uses a vehicle to invest more in the arts, if you feel me? Explain more. So I'll make 100 skateboards okay. and sell them and put a skate comp on. Right, so you use that money that you made from selling the 100 skateboards to put back into the arts yeah. by doing a skate I'll make comp. a, this is theoretical. Disco party beat Like Tom Barris <laughs> And it's a hit And with that money You can invest it into culture and community You can get Everyone in the one place And fuel things like that There's 10 grand 91 sponsoring a skate comp right yeah. There's 10 grand to the winner And there's X, Y, Z categories of tricks There's going to be You know Person X, Y and Z Playing local community artists, right? They're going to play music. There's going to be art in the walls. There's going to be all those things, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So that's what you want to, well, one part of Tom Verass post footy? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll try and continue to um, contribute to the Wanderer program. I'm hoping that that'll be able to take off in the next little while What's and we that? can do a good job with that. The so the Wanderer program is a Indigenous driver mentor program where we work with the disadvantaged kids who don't have access to a car. Indigenous kids? Indigenous, but also more broadly disadvantaged kids. But um, certainly our target at the start is to change that because that's where the statistically is really bad. Uh-huh. Um, and there's bad culture around um, traffic and vehicle regularly offensive. Yeah. And so we're trying to um, help kids get their licenses by giving them the resources that they don't have already to get their 50 hours so we keep get a mentor with them in the car that can establish a relationship with them and 
help them get their hours. They'll just rock up in the car, everything's all paid for. And once they've done their hours and they've established a good relationship with their mentors and, um, you know, which is hopefully the goal, the mentors can then help them on employment pathways or help them if there's any barriers to a safe home home environment or, or offer whatever services they might need. Um, and so that's sort of that's the, the model and hopefully we can bring it to lots of West Australians and Australians in the next five to ten years. Um, thank you, Charlie. Uh, last year was a big year for you. Yeah. Became a father, Billy Brass. What was his birthday? His birthday was the 12th of the 10th, 21. Sorry, that wasn't meant to be a stitch up, but whenever anyone asks me about the birthdays of my children, I, I, rattle, I rattle myself. You're like a ju- oh, yeah, something. Yeah, I'm sure my wife's not listening. I don't know. Uh, that wasn't meant to be a stitch up. But so you, you uh, became a father, uh, but you also lost your father last year, yeah. 2021. So, I mean, that's polar opposites. That's, yeah. that's both ends of the spectrum. Definitely. Talk to me about your, uh, I don't know, me- mental space in 2021. You're playing footy still. Yeah. Um, you've got a partner, a pregnant partner, yeah. and your, your old man passes away. What, what are you... You've gone into hubs in 21? Yeah, there was hubs, yeah, and in 20. Um, so there's a fair bit going on, certainly. How do you reflect on that year of your life? Look, man, uh, I suppose you're never done reflecting on something like that. And both of those events um, are really big and I don't think I can give a really objective comment on, you know, like post-morning mm-hmm. where I think that must be a five-year thing, you know, um, truly. But from how I feel right now, I'm not sure whether it's the way I coped with it, but I just feel as though I couldn't have been luckier to have a dad the way I did and a mum the way I did and, you know, my family just so lucky to have these things and for me to keep wanting more from him and, you know, expecting that, you know, it was he should be fine and that, you know, I, I need him was just selfish in a way and that, you know, he'd given me every opportunity. He'd prioritised my education over having a nice house. He, he as well as mum, made lots of sacrifices for me. They sent me to a private school um, and really what I've done to date has been launched off that. And so um, I'm, I love my father and I miss him a lot, but I just feel like I couldn't ask for more in terms of what he was able to give me and, and it would be a bit selfish, really, if I just kept wanting, you know, when's the end? You just keep you just keep wanting more forever. You're able to tell Tony that you're having a, having a kid? Yeah, I was able to tell my dad and it was special and he was – his eyebrows hit his hairline. Um, <laughs> you have thick eyebrows. In he was, and he was stoked for me. He really was. And it was a bit of a sad moment because, you know, I wasn't completely aware, but I knew it was – I knew that there was certainly a good chance that he wasn't going to meet him um, or her at the time. Um, and it was hard for my mum. It was really hard for my mum. And, and it still is hard for my mum, and, and that's part of my role as you know, son is to is to try and look after that. So that's why I sort of can't always comment because it's just gonna it's just gonna keep changing. Um, more so for my mum, younger brother who's only seventeen, as well. Um, but 
that that's certainly yeah how I reflect on on that little bit and and I was really lucky that I was able to to let him know I was having a kid but I you know it does I do miss him and I I wish I had him to talk through (laughs) give me some advice because you do need that and you know I've got a young son now and I didn't I didn't know you know how much you love this baby and, and how incredible it is and the moments you share with the baby and you know it's never going to remember and the fact that I'm an old person in this baby's eyes it's going to look at me always as an old person and there's all these weird crazy you know um, experiences and, and concepts that you just don't know about before you have a kid and, and I, I love to um, pick his brains about some of them yeah I agree um, yeah big year big year 2021 um, I think maybe Look, uh, you can answer this how you like because this is back in footy land, but was there a chance for you not being at West Coast this year? You signed a five-year deal in this off-season. Look, I've lost my old man as well, and I think turning things to footy is sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. Look, it's a distraction, and it's an easy way to kind of get your mind off things, but I think talking about footy kind of gets back to, well, I don't know, how your brain works sometimes. You're coming up to 100 games. If you are selected round one, you'll play your 100th game for the football club, mm. which will get your name in the locker. Yeah. Excited. Super First excited. one on 37? No, nah, I'm already on there for being a premiership player. Yeah, as the hun- Sellers. Oh, Adam Hunter? No, nah, Adam Selwood. So, why did I think Adam Hunter? 39. 39. Adam Selwood. 187 right. games. I think I know Adam Selwood. It's nice. Another defender. Another yeah, role player. Absolute ripping bloke. Sellers. You have not kicked one goal. <laughs> you have not kicked one. <laughs> not one You've hit one behind you've, How many you've really how had many, a shot How many set shots Do we have He's had one behind So I've he's had not one many behind yeah. yeah I think you've had one out the Bloke ball. in front of me Got nutmegged Popped up to me Panics Left foot snap Bellied it Floated away Off to the side Oh have you had man, any other I'm chances? not so sure Nah no other chances I had one where I probably Could have had a shot But I keep it the top of the square. Charlie, can you have a quick look at Twitter, please? I asked Sir Swamp for some stats on Tom. Is, is Sir Swamp too busy for back chat? He may be. It was very well received on Twitter. I haven't seen anything else, but I'll have a look. Have a quick look for us, because I did ask, because I know you are the second live... Uh, Goalless goal streak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The longest is... I reckon I know. me. Who? Go. Is it Cade Kolodajny? <laughs> no, it's not Cade Kolodajny, no. Does he have a... No, it's his brother. What's the other one? Jake. Um, Jake Kolodajny. it's not him. So I saw him play his 100th game. Charlie, please find... the shop. Please find... There, there was a bit of a trail on Twitter with me and Sir Swam, and someone sent in some stuff about who was live leader, and it's not Tom. Tom's second by a long way, uh, but there's someone about 130 games without Ooh. a goal that's live right now. Oh, really? Uh, that, All right. Scotia Media? Yeah, that's it. That's right. it. Your career's done. Bye-bye. Scotia Media, here we are. Um, that's why Tom's here. I know we covered a bit of distance in the interview and it was bloody good stuff, but Scotia Media. You've been involved in Scotia Media before and I know you know a lot about it. It's, I mean, you're looking at me very blankly, but it's one of the podcasts worldwide one of the greatest segments of all time. I remember Scotia Media, mate. Perfect. Okay. Don't worry about Sorry, that. I just thought, do, you, do you remember... I actually don't. Oh, I, no, I actually don't. Yes. Yeah, there was a... Wait, what's this going on? Uh, no, 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 there was an incident. Yeah, go on. Um, talk about the incident. The, the nah, issue, we're not no, allowed to talk about the, Yeah, the issue is Tom is a currently listed player of the West Coast and anything that 
I say right now doesn't mean anything. Like it's not going to affect me. If I go in the paper, it doesn't really mean anything either. Like what am I going to lose? I don't even listen to it later. Correct, but, but the incident that happened—it wasn't really a big deal. But people, people have been listening to the back chat for a long time. People. Don't even know. I don't. Don't want you to speak. All right, we'll people, talk about it later. People have been listening to the back chat for a long time. Charlie's one of them. Sam's one of them. Cat may even be one of them. Dan, you might talk. be on. No. Squawk talk. There was a bit of an incident with the last social media we did, but we're not trying to find a nick time, nickname this time. We're just going with normal <laughs> questions. Have Make sure hang around. I just want him to hang around after we finish. You never read these? You read this? I can oh, see my phone. You sure? Okay. Yeah, all good sometimes. One of the big time fans. Hello, all good time sometimes. Do you have aspirations to be captain one day, or do you see yourself going into coaching when you? Like, we've talked about captaincy. What about coaching? Uh, coaching. This is really interesting because I was never interested in coaching and I was never interested in playing football. But I think it's taken me all this time to learn the game and it's an incredibly complex game. It really is. And it's back to that dumb footballers thing where it's just not the case. It is such a complex game and there's so many variables. And I think now that I understand it more and um, and I, on top of that, like the game, I think for the first time I could see how I'd bring something to the table as a coach. But that being said, I've always wanted to pursue other interests first and that's certainly what I'll do. But if I was an old man and I was pretty content with myself and there's, there's, I could certainly see myself coming back to coach and be involved in footy one day. Empathy is a big uh, feature of good coaches, I think. Mm. People that can take themselves out of who they were as a player or are as a person – Put themselves in other people's shoes. Yep. Tom has empathy, so he may be a good coach. Just got, you got to want to do it, though. Of course. Is there any? I mean, this isn't a social media, and I love to just get my own questions. You in. actually like taking social media <laughs> over, which, like my former host Sam Butler, it may have been the beginning of the end for him. You should <laughs> try and take no, over social like to, media. To add a little something, something onto the question. Where's, where's Butsy now? As is, he, is Butsy here now? Pla- no. So as a got rid of him. So just just tread lightly. Yeah, okay, no, it's a quick, quick one. <laughs> players who become coaches, right, and then you play under those coaches, are you like, man, you're just getting away with um, doing less work now? Like, is is that is there an element of that now that you've seen, well, now you're just sort of taking a step back, yet you still get to be a part of a team? Oh, as a coach? Yeah. Uh, look, I suppose so. And like when The I hardest first... role of the team is probably a, someone who's on the field. Yeah. Are you like, oh man, you're just... Oh, not um, not really. Like, I suppose when I first was a young man, I got into the system and you'd see players leave the system and be coaches a lot all the time. And you'd think, oh, you know, they probably don't have too many other interests outside of footy and, you know, they just didn't have anything to do and say so just coaches, they were sort of turtle-necked in the... That is not the right. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Bottleneck, absolutely. Yeah, bottlenecked into <laughs> coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And so, but really, at the end of the day, Will Schofield, right now, as I'm looking at him, is in the top zero point, lots of zeros percent of people who understand football and know what is right and wrong and can, you know, contribute. Like, there's not too many people who can coach because they just don't know. They don't have the skills physically to fulfil the role and they don't understand the game of football from a bird's eye view, which is really different to being able to just physically do a role. You can play, 
but you can't coach. Like yep. it doesn't playing doesn't make you coach. There's also people that can't play but can coach. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So you, are you going to coach one day? Um, probably as TB alluded to, I probably could, and that's not being arrogant and saying oh, coaching's easy. I think probably a true like parts of my game and parts of me as a team man, you know, being fines master and helping organise footy trips and trying to understand people and being kind of a connector through my career, never being in the leadership group, it actually lends itself to coaching. Do I want to? Absolutely not. If no. you do, could I get in on that you, somehow? You're, you're co- what? Just hang on. Like, yeah, maybe some, maybe some coffees or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be like an assistant. Look, man, the reason I don't want to coach is you made a comment that playing is harder than coaching. I don't actually think that's true. Like playing is like working out. Oh, speculating, phys- yeah. No, no. Like you have to physically be fit. Work out and go to the gym and listen and and be smart. Coaching, mate, they they work harder than players. Yeah, I agree. Right Coaching is really hard. Head coach is a really hard job, and the assistant coaches are often the ones who have been assembled by the head coach to deliver the methods around what you're learning, and so they're actually the most skilled in in some um, places. And both of those roles, assistant. Development maybe to a slightly lesser extent, but head coach being the main one, there's lots of responsibility and there's lots of pressure. But and, you don't say, and and you don't you don't get the plus sides of you know being looked after physically because you've got to you know you can't be over conditioned and you you want to be right. Matt cut back underscore couple of big. You know what? The first four of this social media are the big hitters. They're okay. the big guys. Matt, okay. cut back underscore. For Scoey and TB, what's the relationship? I mean, it could be for me as well, but we won't go there. A relationship <laughs> like between players who are often competing for the same spot. Does it get tense at all? Do you go to coaches and say, Scoey shit, he's past it, pick me instead? That's his question with TB. You ever done that, mate? Yeah, though I didn't say it like that. <laughs> But effectively, it was that, yeah. Like, this guy's shit. He's old. And, yeah, you know, yeah. There must be guys, I, though, that... I'm going to, you know, be the, the, yeah. guy, the captain and that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, uh, not really. I was completely lying. People will be like, oh, my God, is that what he actually said? It, um, He's been sarcastic, everybody. Yeah. it It's fine, like... Because it's that way from the start, and maybe it's different in other clubs, but West Coast have always, since I've been there, had leaders to create an environment of healthy competition. You know, you're competing for my spot, but with me, you know? And so we're sort of... There's a good analogy. You you go to war to go to war. So you're sort of competing against each other all the time, me and Scoey, but really we're all in it together, and, and that's... Because we're all going out there together at some stage. Yeah, I, I view it the same way. Like all my best mates through footy have been in the same position as me. Like so, Matty Spanger, who we had on this podcast, played mm-hmm. exactly the same position as me, and he probably like honestly, he probably got traded because I was an up and coming defender. He's, I was best man at his wedding. Um, Tom, Jeremy McGovern, my best mates, Eric McKenzie, Mitch Brown. We were drafted together. We all played in exactly the same position. So, well, when you're all together, it's so insular, right? You're all yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Like when, when I got dropped, like like I said, like it was my worst moment in my life, not my career, my life, when I was dropped before that qualifying final, and it was because 
this guy was picked before me. But it wasn't I, – my reaction wasn't because of this guy. It was like the coaches, the club, uh, myself. Myself probably first and foremost. I wasn't good enough. The, the person you're competing against comes fourth or fifth and it's kind of irrelevant because you're trying to do the same things, right? That's kind of how it goes. Super Tramp right. underscore Bryce. Super Tramp underscore Bryce. He's the man that was tripping around uh, Australia. Met up with him over grand final period. Um, Huge. Good, 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 good man. And we're giving him a bit of bit of love here. G'day, guys. G'day, super. Good. Super. Hope you're all well. Well, we are. Scoy, I remember I asked you a question along the same lines in reference to the last time TB was on the OG back chat. No, it's, no, it's a bit, I, won't, I won't give it. OG, look, OG back chat, appreciate that. But also, we've yep. moved on from that. Talon time. This is a far more impressive production. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. going on there. No offense, so one for Tommy. Uh, how have you managed to still get the most out of footy and continue to find fulfilment from the game after achieving ultimate success so early in your career in 2018? Well, super. We've covered a little bit. Yeah, we've covered that a little bit. Um, but I suppose, it, yeah, it comes through personal development and, trying to be the best version of yourself and trying to improve all the time. And often that goes laterally and, and, and it means university and it means, um, you know, philanthropic contributions and, and other things. So I think you've got to understand footy for what role it plays in your life. And, and for me, it's a sense of community and it's a bunch of boys that I love and the relationships, not just boys – around the club that I've truly cherished and I truly value. And so I suppose the more aware of that environment you can be and, and why it fulfills a role in your life, the more you can give it to your, give yourself to it, if you know what I mean, and, and then f- therefore improve and find fulfilment in it and use it as a vehicle to help you with your other interests that are, that are lateral to that and, and understand that you know, there is value in, in being in that environment. Are you okay with never winning another premiership again? Told you to be careful, mate. No, absolutely not. I'd love to win another premiership. But for the grab by... No grabs here, mate. No, there's no grabs. By there's Anthony like... DeCilio. DeSegli. <laughs> DeSegli. Yeah. Of course, of course it would be okay, you know? Like, it's just a game of football. It's a game where... Someone gets a little pump out and inflates this leather thing, right? And someone dresses up in orange. And everyone goes to a suitable field. And as soon as the guy says, hey, you know, that's, that's none of that. It's too high. <laughs> everyone stops and runs in a different direction and continues to try and get that ball through the big sticks, right? And and it is, and that's what it is. And, and that's great. It's the best game ever. It's physical. It's... So many spectacular events happen in our game, right? But and it is needs to be approached with certain respect, and and I, I try and do that all the time. But at the end of the day, it's just a game. No one's dying. No one's really, you know, doing anything horrible to someone else, or there's nothing that's truly disturbing. It's just a game of football, or truly incredible. It's just a game. Yeah, Charlie, highlights, thank you. Um, I'm not going to say who this is from, but Dan, so you know which one we're up to. Um, It starts with when you were a young lad. When you were a young lad growing up in Scarborough. 
Yeah. Shout out to Scarborough. Shout out to Scarborough, right absolutely. Did you have a favourite park to hang out at or slash tree to climb or even tree to hide under when it was too hot? Yeah. Yeah, there were lots of trees like that around Scarborough and um, it's a bit of a shady place. and Literally. Yeah. And so, you know, me and... um. Jared Hardesty and, well done. and the boys. <laughs> you know, that was from him. That was from Jared. Was that from Jared? That was from Jared. Oh, well, you know, we, we would always cruise around on our <laughs> skaties and, you know, we'd get hot, as you mentioned. We'd be skating ledges and um, kicking the footy and you'd always need to find a nice shady place to, to rest your head. And, and sometimes Pete Reserve was that place. Okay, very good, Jared. Thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, Lotus 11 or... Lotus 11. <laughs> Lotus 11. I love that. That's what it is. Yeah, great. Uh, my friend and I have always thought Barras looked like a guy who would really love seafood. Like he would just go to town on the buffet at a seafood restaurant. Can you please confirm it? Uh, conf- confirm if our suspicions are correct. I have to say your suspicions, <laughs> Lotus 11. <laughs> Uh, not correct. No. Really? Yeah. Like, of course. Big I like fish. Yeah, like, great fish. Craze, you know, I don't discriminate against many foods. Craze. He signed the five-year deal. He's Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Marin, all that. But, nah, just, it's not my preferred um, cuisine, like Lotus Levin may have oh. thought. Nah, yeah, no, not, not at all. Sure would be disappointed. Thought you got stuck right into this seafood buffet. Well, not today. That's fine. That's fine. No needed. No, no more needed. T dot money ninety seven. T money. You want to? You want to replace that dot with an underscore? I reckon you're yeah, right on the money there. Tom Brass used to live next door to me when he was younger. Cannot for the life of me explain how mad we used to get at him because he would always hop our back fence and rummage through our garden, <laughs> usually stealing the onions off our off my father's prized onion tree. I feel like onions don't grow on trees. I thought they grew on a bush. Okay. Continue. I'd like to know if he can explain this bizarre behaviour and why he thinks he was entitled to our onions. I want to know. This could be the best social media. I want to know who's throwing out these <laughs> onionizations. We said T Money 97. Sorry, you've just missed that. Onionizations. Onions, I'm sorry. Nah, well, seriously, there's, we had two neighbours. One was Irene and Kevin, slash still is. Botana. One's a botanist and, you know, other one's big training girl, lovely lady. G'day, Aaron and Kevin. And the other one were a bit, um, they were, I don't know who they were, but I... I were you stealing onions nah, from trees or the, the ground? Box. I feel it, like it, I, I think you're going the ground, right, Charlie? I'm going to have a look because I feel like... Yeah. There's no, there's no Do you dig them out? I think you dig them out. They're a root. Yeah, they're a root. Yeah, see, there you go. There's, How do you pick an onion? Well, you, you know, I thought it might have been I a reckon it's, some it's a stitch you don't up. Know, you don't nah, it's, nah, I don't know what they're talking so about. So no onions as a But kid? I could have been too young to remember. Hold on, hold on. No one makes up that somebody is stealing onions. Well, well, around. Yeah, yeah, I believe, no did they say picking onions off my father's prized onion tree? <laughs> they did say onion tree. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a picture here and they're literally in the ground. <laughs> There's yeah. no. There you go. Are you ripping up a who, who is it? I want to know that. T Money. T Dot Money 97. Uh, we, tea money. Uh, I'd like a follow-up that from our tea money. Uh, you said that we read it. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. You follow up with some more descriptives, and I'll put it to Tom a little later in the week. Underscore, I think it's double underscore, Charles underscore sharp four underscore. 
What's the best three non-fiction books you've ever read? Also, oh, do you want to start with that? Wow, yeah, let's yeah. start with that. I thought you'd um, like this one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this, this non-fiction, oh, man. Oh, man. I know you've got some. I've, I've got lots. But You're a book guy? No, nah, I'm not a huge book guy, but I am a non-fiction book guy. I don't read fiction, even though I've heard it's great but I've just typically stayed to non-fiction. One of the things that I've read that I think is really, really good is called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Oh, my God. Okay. Which is like a – nah, so it's just a Twitter conversation about this um, investor, right? Naval Ravikant, angel investor, started up, got in on Uber, got in on – Tesla, I don't even know. Just like crypto, knows. In, nah. in the same areas as Jack, like from Twitter. Yeah, no, I don't know. Jack invented Twitter. He, this guy's just putting money yeah. in. No, it. yeah, well, effectively, nah. So yeah, it was in the in Facebook, invented all the shit. Yeah, but you can swear absolutely. Okay. We've been swearing the whole time. Okay, cool. So anyway, he sort of breaks down the ideas behind um, wealth and how to create wealth and how. That's separate to happiness, and but it's a really cool, interesting conversation. Um, Twitter, Twitter conversation, really. Right, I love it. I'm taking that. I, that, I asked that, three, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's nah, number that's one. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you want to ask the second part of the question? Well, don't. I, we don't have time for this full answer. We don't. Um, okay, I'll give it real act. brief. Oh gosh, keep it brief. Keep, keep it twenty five seconds. Okay. okay. All right, you ready? Also, do you think capitalism has peaked and modern civilization is in decline? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think it's peaked. I think it's going to keep continuing, and I think, wow, this is this could go viral. <laughs> Look, no, nah, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to predict the collapse of society, but yeah, the wealth gap's getting bigger, and lots of extreme weather events from from capitalistic interests, and you know, I'm not going to. So, yeah. is modern civilization inclining or declining? Declining. I think, like, obviously, there's gonna be more people, and there's more, um, there's more things and technology. But I think eventually, it has to even itself out, and that's not anything other than like a you know zero sum game where it's like you can't just turn all the knobs of capitalism for a hundred years and pillage the earth of all its minerals, and then not expect some sort of Repercussion. Repercussions, balancing, extreme weather events, nice. famine. This is why I want to ask the question, Dan. Yep, no, I love it. So uh, I, I don't want to no. say that, you know. It's your opinion. It's a, don't, 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 don't back it up. Well, it's yeah. your opinion. It's fine. People get a bit um, it's okay. scared about let doomsday let, predictions, let, you know. It's not a doomsday prediction. Let them. Last question. Sam is urban, one of our own. Have you Samuel, heard? our graphic designer. Yep, Sammy Samwell. Oh, is this from Samwell? Yeah, it is. Who is literally in my phone is Sammy Samuel. Anyways, have you had any job inquiries from having spoiling? What on your did you just say? Spoiling, spoiling, spoiling. <laughs> I thought there was an R in there. Why would there be an R? Spo- spoiling, spoiling. Do you know what spoiling is? Yeah, well, let me ask. That. Uh, well, this is the last question that's going spoiling. from here. Sam is urban. Yeah. Have you had any job, job inquiries that having spoiling on your LinkedIn? Do you know what we're talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I thought it was quite funny. Because, you know, it's like, what skills do you have? And it's like, well, I've got one. Spoiling. Yeah, spoiling. Show us your spoiling fist. 
yeah, or okay. this one, depending on what side of the ground we're on. Yeah, you bilingual, bilingual <laughs> fister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is disintegrating. <laughs> we're going to finish this up. We've got two. You send it, we read it, Stan. Okay. You send it, we read it. What do you reckon this segment is? You send it, we read it. You send it, we read it. Yes. What do you reckon it is? <laughs> what do you mean? What, like? do, what do you think happens in this segment? It's called You Send It, We Read It. What do you think happens? I think they send it and you read it. Oh, my man. Yeah. Absolutely jailed it. My man. You send it, we read it. We've got two. We've actually got three, Dan. I will yeah, mention we- at the start of this. Yeah, okay. Our Let's third. No, our third. Yeah. It is one of the most comprehensive breakdowns of the 2018 grand final I've ever seen. In history. Uh, it may be the most comprehensive email we've ever received on Backchat Sports Show in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. And it deserves its own segment. So we are holding um, B. Eddie. I feel like B. Eddie, Benny Boy. Ben has a social media handle that I can't think for right now, but he has been a big supporter of Backchat for a long time. Ben has broken down the grand final. I'll show Tom, so have a look. In the only way that you would break down the grand final. Just moments. Moments of Will. There's 23 of them. Moments of Will Schofield and what he's done in the 2018 Grand Final. I completely love it, but we're not going to do it right now, okay? Because it's going to take a while because there were some moments. Yeah, yeah, there's lots. So there's two more. You send it, we read it. And as you said, Tom, they send it, we read it. Uh, this is from Luke. Uh, hey, fellas. First time writer and long time listener. Thanks, Luke. Uh Here's a question. This is for, this is from last week. We didn't read this last week, but as we do, you send f- it, we read it. Well, should I just read the whole thing? Sure. Okay. Question for Mitch slash Will. That's Mitch Johnson. You're not Mitch Johnson. Joe Tom Brass, but that's fine. We're going to read it. anyway. In a bit of a two-parter, maybe easier asking separately. I remember watching a segment on Mitch back into the Channel Nine days, where at one point you, <laughs> Mitch. Mitch stated that during the tour of South Africa, <laughs> you hoped for an inc- an injury after a rough. A rough time of things and wanted to escape playing. However, you wanted to later go on and have uh, later you'd go on and have arguably the greatest test series of all time. Only a few years later, how are you able to create such a turnaround? Moreover, have you and this is probably both to you, Will slash Tom, have you ever had a time in your career where you wanted to be dropped and get away from AFL? One thing I noticed watching you is that you went from an an exciting running halfback to one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league. Was this planned or required adaption? Read the rest of it. Can you get Can you get Dan to read this? It's hilarious listening to him fumble. <laughs> um, massive fan of the pod. Patreon member and haven't missed an episode. Cheers, Luke. Luke, bloody legend. Okay. Uh, let's Simpl- this down. Let's simplify it. All right, so the first part is about Mitch Johnson potentially saying he wish he had an injury so he could stop playing effectively. Yep. Have Mitch I ever Johnson. had that? No. No, I haven't ever wanted to be dropped, and I was dropped enough to know if I wanted to be dropped or not, and that was not me ever. Um, so I'm going to cancel that out, and you don't have to answer that either, Tom. But the f- You're too young. You want to answer it? No, nah, it's the same for me, man. You always want to play footy. So, um, you know, Will, have you ever been wanting to be dropped? Um, went from being a halfback running defender to the one-on-one. Uh, I appreciate the one of the best in the league. Um was that planned? Yeah, it was. 2015, that pre-season, that off-season, I went from 88 kilos, 89 kilos playing to 97 kilos. I put about 10 kilos on in one off-season. 
That wasn't from the beers. That was not from the beers. I turned myself into a key defender. I used to be a running halfback defender, and I turned myself into a key defender probably for no reason because Eric McKenzie and Mitch Brown were first pick defenders. Uh, Eric McKenzie did his knee um, in the preseason at Mandra, and then the first round I was not picked, and Mitch Brown did his knee. So I'd put on 10 kilos for apparently no reason and then suddenly found myself as the first key defender. So... That was the year for me. I asked Tom about 2018. 2015 was the year. Look, I was almost 10 years into my career, but that was the year that I really pivoted from this rangy half-back running around, who knows what I was doing, to, right, he's a key defender. He plays with his man. He beats his man. That's what he does. So was it planned? Yeah, it was. And it was from Simo, probably not rating me as this rangy running defender and wanted some backup at a position that ended up me being kind of the guy. So, yeah, it was planned, I suppose. But then it was lucky because I really was like a third-string defender at that stage of my career. And then um, back on kind of what I was talking about, I was able to change my game with intelligence and thinking about the game and how I went about it to kind of doing that, I suppose. Do you remember the last goal you kicked? Was there a moment where you're like, okay, I'm no longer doing that? Um, if we're talking about moments that I'm no longer doing, I remember one of the last things I did on the AFL field and it will summarise my whole career and no one will know about it other than me. Yeah, good. So we played in the Gold Coast. I think we played North Melbourne and we... they, they put up Not Ben Brown. Big fan of Ben Brown. He's my bunny and you know he was my bunny. No comment. <laughs> so I just... Very good. <laughs> Correct. Yep, that's the answer. Correct. We played North Melbourne. They were staying at the same hotel as us. Uh, pretty much their season was done. They were delisting players like in plain view. We're all is staying. this when the this was in the hub twenty twenty? This oh okay sure. right. So they're, they're, they're delisting players and people. I could see them walk past my hotel room like they've been delisted. And we played them on the last round of the year. I played my last ever AFL game, and there was this one contest. I uh, I kind of got in a wrestle with a bloke, um, and it was bloody hilarious. Gave a free kick away. And he was that frustrated that he'd given a free kick away because I'd kind of tangled him up in a way that he didn't even know how it had happened. And free kick goes. And I just gave him a little lip in the in the ear and said, do you like that one, big boy? <laughs> and he flipped out and he pushed me to the ground. And we got a 50-meter penalty. So I got a free kick. Do you 50, dive? 50, uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a little bit of mayo. Not, not a full dive, just a bit of mayo. Yeah, you got it. So the umpire says it. Little, little yeah. yelp. 50-meter penalty. <laughs> This guy, um, I don't want to say his name in case I get it wrong, but this guy wasn't a smart guy. It was a forward ruckman, and none of them are smart at all because they're not good enough to be in the ruck and they're not good enough to be a forward, so they're a forward ruck. right? No comment from Tom on yeah. that one either, but that's how it goes. So he's running in front of me, and the rule is you need to get out of the way, and I'm running faster than him. He's still blocking me. He's pushing me. It should have been oh, another 50. To not I get the double I 50. I would have had a double 50 shot on goal. Yep. Anyway, umpire, silly behaviour, not playing with the plan. Doesn't pay another 50. I brush him aside, lace up a forward, kicks the goal. That was one of my last kicks in AFL. And that summarises my career probably completely. Fought, won a, won a contest, won a free kick against, lipped off at the bloke, got a 50-meter penalty. Should have probably been given a bit more by the umpire, but wasn't. Still did my job. Team kicks the goal. Thanks for coming, Wilson. Goal assist. Yeah. There's no question for you to finish off that use of we're No, that's great. Uh, last one. And there's nothing for you here either, Tom, but you'll appreciate this because I think Phil 
will feel the same way. Philip White Tiling, just Phil is fine. Thank you, Phil. Is this in you send it, we read it? Yeah, absolutely. All right, give me your laptop because I'm struggling here with my phone. To Dan, Will and Charlie. And Charlie. I get, I, Phil includes me a lot and yeah. I really appreciate it. And Charlie. Yeah. Uh, just like to say I'm really enjoying the podcast. The guests are always uh, great. I enjoy the question, what have you achieved outside of your sport, which was nothing. Um, <laughs> whack. Uh, Dan goes whack. Um, as you get a whole new What have side. you ever done? <laughs> um, we haven't brought up the whole podcast, but if you want to have a look at that while I'm reading uh, Just like to say I'm really enjoying the podcast. Um yeah, the the what have you achieved outside you put outside of your sport? That's you want to read? You're right. <laughs> so to each guest. P.S. With Valentine's Day f- uh, fast approaching, could Charlie do us all a favor and leave some woman for <laughs> some women for the rest of us? I think he's overestimating me there. <laughs> I think Dan's misread this email by a long way. To Dan, Will, and Charlie, just Go like on. to say I'm really enjoying the podcast. The guests are great. I enjoy the question. What have you achieved outside your sport as you get a whole new side to each guest? Thank yep. you, Tom. P.S. With Valentine's Day coming up, <laughs> could Charlie do us all a favour and leave some women for the rest of us? Charlie. I don't know take... what he knows that I don't. Like... Look, mate, look, mate, we know you're on a hiatus down in Albany doing... Look, you've got to wait till Farmer Wants a Wife comes out to see I'm looking you know? very much forward to that. <laughs> um, Tom, that is the end of today's session. Did you have a read of that trophy? Yeah, I... Yeah, it was, that's, I was gonna throw that's the ball it in that bin there. <laughs> but I, I genuinely told you this, this would take one hour. You've been here for a lot longer than an hour. Have we I appreciate it? your time. It's flown we appreciate by. Appreciate your man. honesty, and uh, thank you for coming as a guest here at Backchat, mate. Thank you all for having me. Very good. Um, if you want to find us, you know the socials: Backchat double underscore. Thanks very much, Sammy. You hate it, no worries. YouTube Backchat. Reddit, don't know what's going on there. Something about Backchat, you'll find us. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au is the email. Backchatpodcast.com.au is the website. What am I missing? Nothing. There you go. Absolutely jailed it. We're done. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.